Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, everybody in between. This is Feature This, a fan edit podcast. And I'm here with, again, Greg. Say hello. Greetings. All right. And uh, we are wrapping up our uh, six-episode series towards uh, towards uh, Star Wars, um, uh, as we anticipate the great... The, there will be a seventh episode. There will be, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> In a year only, or so. It's only a matter of time before <laughs> episode seven gets a fan edit and, and the eight and nine beyond it. And, you know, the, the tie-in movies, uh, we probably might do those, too. The what movies? The tie-in movies. Italian. A tie-in? The tie-in movies. You don't know about the tie-in movies? No. You're talking about the Clone Wars? No. Uh, every year for the next six years, there's a Star Wars movie. Oh. Star Wars Episode Seven comes out now. Okay. Next year is uh, Rogue One. The year after that is Episode Eight. The year after that is, I believe, it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Hmm. And then there's Episode Nine... And then there's the Han Solo anthology movie. Interesting. Possibly Han Solo Boba Fett. Keep talking. I'm going to pull up the picture so I can verify it. Right. Well, this episode is going to be on uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, We just finished watching it. The last time I I saw this film, um, I believe, was the special edition when it came out in the theaters. Um, that was probably, was it, 98, 97? 1997. 1997. So. Last time I saw it was last week. <laughs> so it's been because qu- I didn't know we were watching it again this week. It's been quite a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a while for me. And uh, it's no mystery that Return of the Jedi, or it's no secret that Return of the Jedi is kind of known as the, you know, the ugly stepchild of the first three movies. Uh, with one and with a four and five sort of competing for a number one and two slots with um, Return of the Jedi at a at a distant third, um, but I always felt that that comparison was unjust and it was just kind of like that's not fair. Uh, episodes four and five they're tens and Jedi is an eight or a nine like it's not fair to put it in that uh, to beat it up so much. It's only beat up compared to the other two. Um, uh, a little bit wiser, a little more gray hairs in the beard. Um, I have to say that uh, Return of the Jedi is—it's um, not that—it's it, not that good. I, it, a lot of the sustaining power of this movie has come off of what was good about four and five, and the new additions to this. Um, almost all of the new stuff brought into this uh, film just have this this weakness to it that it doesn't have the same uh, charm like the new stuff that was added in episode five, which feels um, it's so much stronger. The, you know, the whole having Dagobah and Yoda in episode five, which is completely new setting, new characters, new everything uh, was a, a big addition to, uh, to star Wars. Whereas what, what's our big addition here? Um, we, the emperor. Well, okay. There's more stuff okay, with the well, emperor. Okay, well, now if you've seen, if you're talking the whole the whole saga, then no, the emperor is not new. Well, that's not well, that's not entirely fair because we are. I am talking about the film that was made in '83. Okay, so. then with the exception of a hologram, mm-hmm. we're getting the emperor for the first time. We we're also getting Jabba the Hutt. That's the only one that's really significant. Is the Jabba is having Jabba in the film? Um, but uh, the 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 you long. You don't think the emperor is significant? When I think about the iconography of Star Wars, um, for, for whatever reason, uh, the Jabba stuff seems more iconic than the Emperor stuff. Hmm, interesting. Um, it's not that the Emperor stuff isn't, like, you know, the Force lightning out of the fingertips is certainly, you know... What about the, 
little Wookiees. Yeah, uh, the Ewoks are are. I, I realize. I think I put my finger on what it is about. They're it. iconic. Yeah, almost infamous. <laughs> they had their own TV show. They had some of their own spinoff movies. Yeah. Well, let's, regardless of what you think of them, they are iconic. Okay, to that extent, yeah. If, if I put them in a lineup with a hundred different movie characters, people would point them out for sure. Um, but there's a. I, I think I put my finger on what it is about that's lackluster with them. Um, but let, let, let's go through. Let's let's talk. A little, we always kind of talk, start these things with a little bit of history about the original coming out. Um, let's see. I was two years old when it came out to mark my age. Um, so I remember when I was sort of old enough to kind of see movies. This I I I, I don't know for sure, but I think this might have been the first Star Wars movie that I saw um, because it came out closest to when I um, you know. It, when I was born and it was kind of in the air in the ether the new Star Wars or the latest Star Wars or something um, the first one I saw was episode one The Phantom Menace I just saw Return of the Jedi <laughs> it was amazing um, so I, I always had like a little bit of a, a I don't know a, an apology for it I felt like you know it's not as bad like I said not as bad as anybody thinks um, what uh, what in your studies, if you will, do you know about the, you know, this movie coming out? About it coming out? Yeah, Not like much. the, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we tie back, we, we can, we understand that there, there's stories of when, like, episode five came out, the, you know, the big reveal of being, of being the son. Um, I guess I, I don't really hear or think much about any kind of stories that would have, the emperor finally died. Like, I don't think there was that kind of hysteria or any kind of. I think uh, the hysteria was. When are we going to see more? What's going to happen next? Are there going to be prequels? That's what. Well, that's what followed. Yeah, that's what followed. Oh, okay, about okay. leading up to it. Uh, it's hard to think of what was really there. Back in the day, there was this legend that there were three trilogies, mm. and that he had just made the second one. Mm. And so there was a big question of if this is the case, mm-hmm. which gets made next. Mm. Uh, but you know, I would think that the logical thing would be to make seven, eight, nine next because you got the actors. Exactly. However, if you want to jump ahead thirty years, then wait thirty years, mm-hmm. like he, like they've done, mm-hmm. and make the prequels. Mm-hmm. The same with the um, Chronicles of Narnia. Those books, you know, came out in a different order than they actually take place, and mm-hmm. it's like, which order do you make them? I say stick with the kids and the ages. Now they didn't ever make past three, but yeah. stick with the kids no, and the ages. That's the way to do don't, it. Yeah, don't worry about the chronology. chronology. Yeah. If you've got those actors at those ages, you need that's to use the way them. To do it. Yeah. That's the way to do it. So um, let's you know again. Let's walk through this a little bit more with a fan editing eye because this is this is the film of the three of the the OT that really that really does kind of cross a line and say, you know what, this can be improved. Yeah. There are cuts to be made, edits to be made. Let me, so. say, let me say one thing. When I first saw Return of the Jedi, I was, I don't know, 12, 10, mm-hmm. 11, flipped out over the whole Jabba fight scene. Mm-hmm. Just, I remember just, oh my gosh, I was so elated by it. Mm-hmm. When I watch it now, and I watch the entire movie now, there's mm-hmm. absolutely no sense of danger at all. Mm-hmm. There's no... One Ewok dies. That's well. That's well. That's not the job. Oh, the, I'm talking the whole movie. Oh yeah, yeah. One Ewok dies. That's yeah, it. Yeah. In 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 um, in Star Wars, people get picked off left and right in the dogfight. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen and Beru are brutally murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, in in uh, Empire, 
we have all these um, rebels getting killed at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. It ends with Han Solo basically killed. Mm-hmm. In this movie, when the Ewok dies. Uh, not accounting for all of the, the stormtroopers that are killed. Talking about for the good guys. Yeah, for the good guys, exactly. Yeah, there's no sense of danger. Mm-hmm. There is never a sense that anybody at Jabba's palace is going to die. And to cop out, Luke gets hit in his hand. Um, his, his mechanical hand. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's, that was that way of saying, oh, there is danger. Well, you know what it is? is that uh, at this point, um, the characters are so... Now the characters are more than the characters in the, in the movie. They're cultural icons. And so killing one off cannot be done. Um, you have to you have to have a huge build-up to something like that. And maybe that's what the movie needed in the first... In the opening act to go to show that this is... This is this is everything. Everything is still on the line. When when Boba Fett slams into the side of uh, Jabba's um, mm-hmm. whatever the thing yeah, is called, or whatever, and goes ah, and mm-hmm. at that point, it's like we're just here for the thrills. We're not really invested. It, totally, totally. Yeah. Now I will say, as I mentioned when we were watching it, that I love the buildup. Um, Luke, Luke sends in the droids, mm-hmm. which Jabba goes, "Oh well, <laughs> you're an idiot. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep these droids." Then Luke well, says, he, invi- he invites the t- him to have the droids. Yeah. As a token. He's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to keep I, the yeah, droids. Yeah, can do it anyway. Little does he realize that he's just falling right into Luke's mm-hmm. plans. Mm-hmm. Um, then Luke sends in Leia and Chewbacca, who are both ruthless and, you know. Or at least competent. Competent uh, warriors. I don't know. I mean, I'd say they're pretty ruthless, but. Uh, Leia? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, That's an interesting word. I don't. I think in a long string. She of, strangles Jabba to death with a chain. I think in a long string of words uh, that people would use to describe Leia ruthless would be at the bottom of the list if even on it. But go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. And then once that's all done the and is, they're all in place, he waltzes in there as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that when you see that move, when you see the movie, especially if you've seen the, the prequels. Mm. When that when the when the door rises and, and you see his silhouette, you're like, mm-hmm. the shit is about to hit the fan. We have a Jedi again. It's getting real. He is a real Jedi now. Well, that's a that's another thing that is as much as strong as that is, it also becomes instantly weak because, especially in light of one, two, and three, is we one, two, and three stresses so much how important it is to have proper Jedi training for long periods of time. And we don't get that. In fact, he walks into the skin and he's boasting that he's a master Jedi only to, you know, scenes later, not two scenes, but but scenes later, he's going to, uh, you know, ask Yoda, you know, to continue his training so that he can become one. He didn't, He says he's a master sure. Jedi at the beginning. He's not. He doesn't even consider himself a Jedi in front he of Yoda. He says Jedi Knight. Oh, Jedi Knight, exactly, yeah. But if, okay, if you think about the way Luke sets this up, he sets it up where Job has every opportunity to relinquish Han. Okay. And then when that doesn't happen, Luke walks in there, and rather than igniting his lightsaber and rescuing Han, he just walks in there and starts saying, "I must be allowed to speak." Blah blah. He's he is he does not want violence, and that he is being a Jedi there. Mm-hmm. A Sith would have walked in there and walked out with Han, on, and, and and everybody dead. I, I appreciate that, uh, but what I'm saying is that moment of him saying, "I'm a Jedi Knight." accompanies with it the question to the audience, when did he become that? When he fell off the... That the... doesn't bother me because it would be like if... Um, Here's how... If you if you were having... Um, if you started having a heart attack in a, in a 
in, in the middle of a restaurant, and, I, and, and I'm sitting over at this table, and I'm like three weeks away from getting my medical degree, mm-hmm. I'd probably say I'm a doctor. Okay. But bear in mind with the timing that we're talking about here. He, he hasn't gone back to Yoda to continue training. Um, we don't know how long it's been between five and six. It's been some time enough for them to come up with this plan, enough for the... To be fair, just because he's not with Yoda doesn't mean he's not training. This is why I'm thinking that from a fan editing standpoint, if I were looking at touching up a little bit of this to kind of fill in some of that time, is to have a line somewhere indicating that as they uh, re- as the Rebels rebuild and look for another chance to strike... Uh, Obi-Wan is continuing to train um, uh, mm. continuing to train him. Just a throwaway line in, this, in the opening crawl to suggest that in the meantime he is getting help. And it's inter- not from Yoda, it's interesting it's from that, Obi-Wan. That it never seems to occur to the Sith that Yoda's still alive. You know? Mm. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to occur to them that Yoda's still alive. Even though he escaped from the Senate chamber and they was never found, mm-hmm. I just didn't occur to them that somehow or other he trained Luke. That's true. Uh, yeah. You never hear any mention of Yoda from Emperor or Vader yeah. in, in the. Well, he's, in the he has, he's been gone for twenty five years. I mean, yeah. yeah. Obi Wan showed up on the Death Star. Yeah. Well, man, that goes to show. Uh, you know, if you want to, uh, goes to show that Yoda's powerful enough to hide himself from the Senate. Sure. Yeah. Well, he also chose a planet with a, and lived near a, a massive presence of the dark side. That place is strong with the dark side. Domain of evil it is. Oh, um, he must go. Had the nightmare thing. He's masking himself. Okay, interesting, yeah. interesting. Um, I always thought it would be cool if in the prequels something significant happened in that cave to make it a... Uh, and then he chose it because he, he knows, knows it. that that's the history yeah. of it. That would be interesting. But at, what, where else in any of Star Wars have you heard, oh, that place is strong with the Force? Mm-hmm. No, this one place is, and that's yeah. where Yoda hides. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the opening, uh, action sequence in this is them going through the trouble of, uh, retrieving Han from Jabba the Hutt. Um, and once they do, they get wrapped up with the, uh, the rebels again, who... Personally, I think Jabba is an equally impressive puppet to Yoda. What do you think? Um... Uh, not as impressive, but very, very it's very strong. The, uh, no, Yoda is like fully fleshed character. Like when he there's sim- there's like serious like um, you know. Can we when, cut the last minute out of this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> when he uh, when he when when Yoda dies, I mean that's a great it's fantastic acting. I'm talking about the actual puppeteering. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. it, that's all all the performances that is is okay. part of his puppeteering. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, uh, they they rescue. Um, you see, this is also like, like I feel like the things that are added. Like I said, the things that are added into this feel weak. But the things that it and the things that it's not added, it's borrowed from the previous. And so you know, basically, the, the entire plot is borrowed from uh, the first movie. Um, so the Death Star is back in place. The rebels are doing a final assault against it um, because the emperor's there. That's why they're betting everything on it. Yeah, but uh, regardless, the point is is that the screenplay has written it that way. That the screenplay is, is is copying a lot of the elements from the first one. You could you could I write agree. A I agree. Ways. But think about this: 
Um, at the end of episode three, they're building the Death Star. Now, granted, now we're bringing in stuff that didn't exist before, but they're building the Death Star. Death Star is a big deal. Yeah. Death Star is everything. The whole plan hinges on this Death Star. We're going to disband the Senate, have governors, and have a Death Star. <laughs> Death Star blows up. What do you do? Build another one. Yeah, well, you need something. You, you can't just build another one. You need for the for the bad guys to feel like the you know the stakes are higher. For us to feel like the stakes are higher, then they need to come up with more ways. You know, they need to elevate that. We've seen Death Stars blow up before, so we're we're not okay. Here's another difference. In the first movie, or in you know, New Hope, episode four, yeah, they steal these plans. Mm-hmm. And they're chased. Trying, they're trying to get the plans. They're chased, mm-hmm. trying to get these plans through the whole movie. That's basically what's going on. And then they oh, get the, yeah. and then they get the plans. The Death Star's coming to get them, mm-hmm. and there's a fight. Mm-hmm. In this movie, the Emperor lets them have the plans. It's all a trap. Well, see, it's it's it, yes, the Emperor says that, but at the same time, they got away, but a lot of people died in the process. So they apparently killed or fought against. You know, that seems like. It was a very convincing ruse, whatever well, happened not, off Not screen. the plans, the location of the shield generator, which in this case is, the, is kind of like the plans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, which echoes, you know, doubles as the same thing from the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I understand that part of it. You know, in this case, it's it's the Emperor back to his puppeteering of, of, of others, of, you know, the situation around him. But I, what I'm saying is that we as an audience have already seen this before. Yeah. And so it feels like tired, treaded, borrowed stuff, and we're looking for new stuff. I think the problem is is that almost all the story is already laid out by the end of the f- Empire. All we need now is the confrontation Luke between Vader Luke and Vader. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and for Luke to find out about Leia. Correct. And this is, I think this is the same problem uh, when watching this. I, I thought, you know, this is the same problem that he had with 1, 2, and 3. All that needs, all that's left in episode six to resolve is the conflict again between Luke and Vader. And when we talk about one, two, and three, all we're, all that's there to resolve is um, Anakin transforming to Vader, and all well, also the disposal of the Senate, the, 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 the emergence of the Empire. Yeah, um, but what we're really seeing is the, the slaughter of the Jedi. The the backbone is: Do we believe Anakin turning into Vader? Do we believe this guy? That's okay, the emotional enough, backbone. Enough, That's enough. an emotional backbone. Let me posit this: If these movies are made in order, or if Jedi was made after Jurassic Park, mm. rather than have this whole "let's redo the Death Star" thing, have the climax be on Coruscant. Have the rebels. Having a, a planning a, 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 an assault on the Imperial Palace and have the Emperor not only aware of it, but have basically opened the doors for them to come in. I, I was thinking something, I don't know if I'm, I'm thinking the same thing you are, but I was thinking what this movie needed to end on was not the death of Vader and so forth, but the restoration of the Senate. And have the con- that that wouldn't happen the next day. That would happen like months later. Not unless it's planned by the rebels. Mm. How about this? This is just thinking out loud. This is what I'm thinking. Because uh, if the emperor dies, then the empire can be over. But if the emperor dies like off screen and nobody really believes that he's dead, then the threat of him still being out there, you know, the wave of terror that he's people are still going to be acting. You know, uh, the empire still kind of can hobble on. 
but a big public death of the emperor and perhaps Vader could seal off and maybe cut the head off what, what is the empire. And so I'm imagining, wouldn't it be interesting if uh, Princess Leia, using all of her political hookups, was able to get, get all these senators back together who were disbanded and to come back to you know some kind of big uh, meeting space. And then in there is when we have the big conflict between Luke and them and he's killed there in front of everybody else. That would be interesting, but I would say... With as big as the galaxy is, and as the fact that she's an outlaw, I'd say at best she may be able to get fifteen percent of them. Well, that's just you making some calculation. I, I mean, I'm like, saying not a, very, not not. I'm saying the vast minority. And a screenplay, you could write all that out and have a sizable uh, turnout. You know, you could have people who are, in, and that would be terrifying to them. Like, are you serious, Leia? If we show up to this and he's not killed, or this doesn't go the way you planned, now we're we're going to be targeted. We're going to be killed. You know, like there's a danger there for us to show up, and mm. you know, where you're asking all of us to join you in the rebellion. You know, to put us in the camp with you. This is we're living under a terror state. We can't do that unless and that that would definitely posit her as the new head of state, which could be interesting too. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with that, but you yeah. have to get rid of Mon Mothma. Yeah, well, she, she would have to be another senator working for Leia, which is weird. Well, I just like the idea. I I feel like I'm in my head. I'm like, come on, Luke. Like Lucas, dude. Like change. Don't don't you're retreading. You don't need to retread. You can do whatever you want at this point. And I'm wondering, you know, how how hamstrung he was by his own original ideas when he first started the trilogy. How hamstrung was he by feeling like, well, it worked in the past. I'm going to do it again. It's it's impossible to put all that together. But it's all- kind of like as he as he said, he created this. He intended to have this planet of Wookies, but he wasn't able to do it in the first movie. But he really liked the Wookies, so he put the Wookie in the movie. And then when it came time to do the Planet of Wookiees, he's like, he says, let's cut them in half and call them Ewoks. Oh, I didn't know all that. If you think about it, Ewok, Wookiee. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. And originally he wanted it to be Wookiees, huh. which would have been a lot cooler because Wookiees are obviously badasses and Ewoks are probably badasses in their own community, but not to Not adults. to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. anything we would um, appreciate. So in a way it is, yeah, you're right. He's kind of him, you know, helping him by his own ideas. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in the... Uh, director's cut of uh, Superman 2 how it ends with him going back in time like he does in episode 1 because he you know he used this idea previously and then never got a chance to fix it kind of thing so so um, uh, this movie like Empire sort of divvies up into two different plots you have one you have the the group of protagonists not uh, going to the forest moon of Endor to cut down this the shield that is protecting the newly built Death Star and then you have a um, well uh, then you have Luke who kind of bifurcates from there to go have his confrontation with Vader. And then you have another group of people who are um, uh, led by Calrissian effectively to go in and kill. Akbar. What's that? Emil Akbar staging it. Calrissian's well, Akbar, fighter. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, we, know, we know Calrissian. So um, coming in to uh, actually put the assault on the Death Star once the shield is down from the, from the moon. I, I think, I think the, whole, the whole Luke Vader Emperor thing to me is fascinating because... Luke voluntarily surrenders. He's submitting to whatever his destiny is. He's submitting to it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stay with the others. Mm-hmm. If anything, he's doing it. Is he doing it because he thinks now that they've got Luke, they're not going to pay attention to the others. He doesn't realize that it's a trap, you know. Mm. But um, he he surrenders, and Vader, who previously says we can overpower the Emperor, says he is your master now. 
I really get the feeling through this whole movie that Vader is not the menace that he was in Empire. I think I feel like he feels like a puppy. He feels like a dog. So many things different. Not just that, but uh, even we were talking about Han Solo's character. It doesn't feel like the same character. It feels like this. Uh, His edge is gone. He has no edge. Yeah, you don't feel like he's going. He, he the, tries. The scoundrel se- part doesn't seem like it's there. He anymore. tries several times to have an edge, like when he's talking to three PO and says, um, "We need some fresh flies too." Try and get her weapons back. Well, hurry up. Well, yeah, I haven't got all day. Yeah. But even then, it just it comes across as, ah, that's Han. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't come across as he's really has any edge. And well, not only that, but the, the film doesn't give him reason to have one. Like, yeah. In Empire, he had tons of reason to have edge. Exactly, exactly. Um, so one of the things I want to say about the Ewoks, um, which I kind of felt like I said I put my finger on what doesn't work about it, which... Is that um, I've, I've said before? Good guys are only as good as the bad guys are bad. Yeah. But bad guys are only bad to the extent that the good guys are competent. Hmm. So if you have a bunch of incompetent good guys and they overwhelm the bad guy, then he can't be that bad. It yeah. just it just undermines how their their ability to invoke danger and threat. And the Ewoks. Um, they shoot spears at armored guys. They throw rocks at armored people. They, they have an. an uh, um, do you know what Lucas was uh, trying to do there? No, I don't think he succeeded. Like about the like the the savage natives kind of thing. No, 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 no. He was mimicking the Vietnam War. He was showing that the primitive people with the primitive technology, primitive weapons, can beat the better technology because they have the home field advantage kind of situation. It didn't work out because they're they're silly. Yeah, but that's what he was trying to do. That, I mean, that that kind of theme you could say is what the whole point about the rebels is that the rebels are small and you know and can move around against the technology. Except the rebels are the remnants of the old republic, really. If you think about it, I mean, the old republic went off in a different direction. I mean, they're coming from the same place, whereas the Ewoks. I mean, they they don't have any technology. They don't have actual like what we consider technology. Their technology is a spear. Not only that, I would say it's 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 almost immoral for the. Uh, uh, it's a weird sense. Kind of go with me on this, but for the protagonist to bring the Ewoks into this conflict, because it doesn't seem like there's like a you know I know I know like the Empire and covers the galaxy and everybody is oppressed by them, but the Ewoks seem hopelessly distant from all of that. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the Emperor, Empire would really do anything to the Ewoks. Yeah, now they're running. Now they're in this conflict. It's not like it's not like oh, we're going to set up an outpost on Endor, and now we're going to um, have a governor for the Ewoks and whatnot. I mean, yeah. So imagine though. So you know, in talking about well, how do you make this better? I mean, you can't do this from a fantasy standpoint, but you know, that's where my brain goes. Is they show up and interact with the Ewoks, and the Ewoks are now divided going with them or trying to keep their maintain their autonomy you know some of the, like they're smart they know that the reason why they're not being involved in the rest of this interplanetary whatever for as long as they've been is because they don't interfere with that and people don't interfere with them and now here comes their point being uh you know brought into this you could have a faction of the ewoks saying we're not part of this you're you're destroying the lineage you're threatening the lineage of not only us but the generations to come and the other side going we didn't ask for it to be here but it's here now and it's time for us to get involved like I, like there's the point is like there's room there to add 
uh, interesting drama, but the, this movie has no interest in doing anything interesting like that. Let me ask you a question. Okay. As, as far as I can think of, in the six movies, there are three comical elements. Two don't work and one does, and I want to I talk about why. Mm-hmm. The first one, chronologically, Jar Jar. It doesn't work because it's a Star Wars movie. Jar Jar is could be a funny character in a kids movie, you know, but not in a Star Wars movie. It it totally deflates it. it, mm-hmm. it whenever Jar Jar's around, you don't feel like anything really bad is gonna happen because he's Jar Jar's here and he, you know he's gonna say something funny and accidentally fall backwards into getting out of it. Mm-hmm. The second is the Ewoks, which are not as bad as Jar Jar. They are they are. Savage, quote unquote, they're just not a threat to anybody else. Mm-hmm. They take themselves seriously. They don't. I mean, you know what I mean. They they seem like they have a real culture. Mm-hmm. But they're cutesy, nevertheless. They're mm-hmm. cutesy, and at one point they even do the Tarzan. The one that works consistently, I think, mm-hmm. is C three PO. He every every scene he's in. We were watching The Empire Strikes Back last night, and Chewie had me almost in tears crying about Han, and then C-3PO says, ooh, they've been kissing me carbonite, and I'm laughing <laughs> in the middle of all this. Mm-hmm. He works perfectly, and I don't know why. Um, I, I think it's because he's not aware. He he does have, like, this... Well, I mean, Jar Jar... I mean, uh, yeah, Jar Jar's unaware of his surroundings, too, so it's not quite that. <sighs> I think he. I think there's a couple. Well, it's hard to say why it works. In part, um, well, Jar Jar also hogs the camera. C3PO never does that. C3PO. I think one of the things that makes his comedy work so well is he has a completely fixed expression. The okay. big, wide, open okay. eyes where he's always looking shocked. It's nice to see his familiar face. Ichuta, how rude! He. Um, and not only that, but he is a comic duo, C-3PO and R2. I mean, I mean, but throughout Empire, there's no R2's not there, and he's hysterical. Yeah, that's you know? true. I, I, I understand, but like uh, surrender to... is a perfectly acceptable alternative. The Empire may be gracious enough to quickly <laughs> turn off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Sam isolated their most powerful scuffling. Like right, he's making out with Leia, <laughs> and then he's like, "Thank you, thank you, right?" Oh, you're perfectly welcome, sir. <laughs> Maybe it's the fact that he. Uh, he's not. He's not a bumbling idiot like Jar Jar. No, for one thing. no. Um, you, maybe, yeah. Because I was about to say, it's like you know, maybe it's because he's he's a little, you know, in a sense, autistic. He doesn't really understand social, you know, human interaction. So when he comes in and he does the kind of crazy stuff, where like it's okay, he doesn't quite understand. He's a little naive about this and that. The, but the, then Jar Jar is equally frustrating in that interacting. He doesn't interact with people like he should. But it doesn't work there while it does with... I'm, re- I'm reminded of two movies about World War II. Hmm. Um, the first is Life is Beautiful. This little boy hmm. doesn't really understand what's going on. Yeah. That's kind of a 3 po thing. Like when he's like, when they're running around and they're getting, you know, Han's been frozen and blah, blah, blah. 3 is like, well, at least you're still in one piece. Look what happened to me. He doesn't really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. The other is um, the Sound of Music. When they're hiding from the Nazis and the girl mm. said, little girl says, would this be a good time to sing about our favorite things? Mm. You know, it's like, that's a, that's a, that's a cutesy line. But she's mm-hmm. not being cutesy. She's not ruining the movie at all. You mm-hmm. know, she just doesn't really understand what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, it's, it's difficult because 
maybe uh, maybe a part of it is that because uh, Jar Jar is completely 3D rendered, he doesn't pass the uncanny valley, so he always seems fake, you know? Um, Gollum was completely CG rendered. Yeah, Gollum works. And I feel like he needed an Oscar. Yeah, that dude. Works. That dude. He didn't. He didn't. He did not run the camera, but he stole the show. Mm-hmm. Um. It seems like and Caesar, is, but that was years, years later. It seems like the, it's going to be a combination of a few, of factors. Um. How? Well, all the Gungans are t- pretty honestly not very serious. Engaging, yeah. And none of them ever really. You take them seriously, you know. Yeah, yeah, especially the you know the Gungan King is like slobbering everywhere. When they do fight, it ends up throwing like balls of water on people. It's a. Uh... I feel like if they had honed down their their C- we're, we're talking about episode one now, but I feel like if they had honed down their CGI efforts mm-hmm. instead of just trying to make everything CGI, it yeah. probably would look a lot better. Uh, no, not probably, definitely, yeah. definitely wasn't. If they had had one or two Gungans rather than all the Gungans, mm-hmm. I think those Gungans would look a lot better. Mm-hmm. They didn't look bad. It's just that they moved around and talked silly, which made them silly. Yeah. You know, with Jar Jar to have his tongue hanging out of his mouth all the time, he really wouldn't look that dumb. Mm-hmm. As long as he didn't act dumb. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, um, I guess in, for another podcast, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, what yeah, what yeah. is why Not why to, does some things work and it's, some it's things okay don't. to talk about this other movie because we are on the last one. True that. True. True. Um, so that brings uh, you know um, Luke submits uh, you know says that he's jeopardizing the mission, so he goes to Vader uh, to have him taken to um, to the Emperor. Um, there's the. I've heard, I've heard it said, and I want to see what you think about mm. this, that Luke is a Christ-like character in this movie because he looks in the face of pure evil and says, there's good in you. Um, I, I, I can see the parallel there. Um, one of the things that's frustrating um, about that and, and something that's not quite really mentioned and, and resolved in Episode Six is we have seen Vader kill so many people completely ruthlessly, and whatever remorse he seems to have just seems to be because he doesn't get to be with his kid. You know? Yes, he doesn't have time to express his remorse. He's dying. There could be one line of dialogue that he could have to his son saying, try to make up for the sins I've committed. Or The problem with that is, is that I feel like that would be di- a dialogue-heavy um, exposition kind of thing. I'm so sorry for what I've done. Tell everyone. Not just tell your sister. Yeah, like I do like it when he says tell your sister. I love that because he just found out about her and he's still thinking about her as he does. Yeah. But uh, there needs to be a little bit of a. He, it can't be so. You can't say that he's finally. It's hard to believe that he's finally turned a new leaf when the only thing that he feels sorry for is his his family. He did destroy the Sith. Because they were attacking his family. All I'm saying is that just a just a nod, just a okay, little, okay. Like, hey, just a little elbow, you know. Hey, how about you know? You know what? Okay. You know, don't destroy the Death Star. There's tens of thousands of innocent people on here. If <laughs> if you did a story about Mussolini, I don't know if he had any kids, but let's just say you did a story about Mussolini, okay? Mm-hmm. And in the end, he sacrificed himself to save his son. Regardless of all the other crap, he's a very compelling character now. 
is because you can relate to him. I, I feel like I just want to say yes, but. Okay. Yeah. Say yes, but. Well, that's that's the end. that's yeah. the end of it. Yes. What but. I'm saying is, is that that yeah, despite everything that he did, you can now relate to Vader. I get that. I get that. And I, I, I it's, it's a very powerful thing to be able to relate to Vader, and not because you are evil, but because he has some good, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, whatever it was, and yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, one of the things I don't think works. One more time. Okay. Sorry, I got to go back to this. He is obsessed with his mom for ten years, mm-hmm. to the point where he disobeys everything, goes back to see her, she mm-hmm. dies. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and his reaction is to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he is obsessed with the idea that Padme is going to die. His reaction is to kill everybody. He, he has very violent reactions to real love. He doesn't want to hurt these people. He's willing to do anything to save them. And it's the same with Luke. So yeah, he's completely flawed, but his motivations, that's what makes him a tragic character, you know? Mm-hmm. He, he wants good things, but he's willing to do bad things to get them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what, uh, does, what doesn't work? Well, uh, what, I was, what I was gonna say doesn't work is unrelated to that. It was the editing of the sequences between um, this scene with uh, the Emperor and Luke and the battle that's going on in the background um, with the uh, uh, with the rebels. Um, that there, there's that's basically three scenes. Uh, or it cuts to one, goes to the battle, cuts back to the Emperor, cuts to the battle, cuts back to the Emperor. It's not as bad as episode one, where you have the space battle, the Jedi battle, the, the Gungans, and the politicians all fighting at the same time. Um, what I would do in this sequence, because the whole thing is he's tempting him to, you know, go into your fear, but he actually uses, like, the same line a couple of times, and the, the, I think there's a, there's a place there to make a cut where it's just the one or two times. Um, you don't need that third exchange, um... You know, just to clean that up, that little piece up. I just, I just noticed that as we were watching it. Um, uh, I think that they're actually. I, I, I want to revisit it. I can't tell you specifically what I wanted to change, but I did. I do remember like when Vader is talking with Luke as he's going to the ship before he takes him to the Emperor. There's that Vader sort of talks at length to him. Um, there was like a line or two that for some reason didn't feel right. Um, um, maybe because of in context of one, two, and three, and where I feel like his motivation is at that point. Um, and I can't remember exactly what. Do you remember the? I hate to ask. Do you remember the lines? Because like, yeah, but do you remember the, that particular string of dialogue? <clears throat> this is a rebel that surrendered to us. Although he denies it, we believe me. There may be more of them. He was armed only with this. Good work, Commander. Leave us. Conduct your search and bring his companions to me. <laughs> Uh, so the Emperor has been expecting you. Yes. I know, Father. So you've accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self. You've only forgotten. That's why you couldn't kill me before. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. I see you constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete. Indeed, you are powerful, as the Emperor has seen. Come with me. Obi-Wan wants thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my manager. Then I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. What did I say? Manager, go ahead. Oh, that's because of my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, do you remember my parody? Uh, uh, anyway, I will not turn. You'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny, search your father. feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The emperor will show you the true nature of the force. He's your master now. That my father is truly dead. Remove the master lines um, because later on, in, if you can, later on, um, uh, the emperor says you have to kill him before you can be my master. So um, the, idea, uh, the idea that Vader would say, you're his master now, it, it, it conflicts with that little line of reasoning that happens later. Um, I would consider, if I remember correctly, starting with the lightsaber dialogue. Um, I see you crafted a new lightsaber, your save is complete, boom, and then, uh, and then maybe add a little bit of that, that first initial uh, dialogue. Did the first part have the Obi-Wan talk? Yeah, there's a, the, 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 I just realized that Obi-Wan line is a continuity error. He says, come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. At what point after he turned to the dark side did Obi-Wan ever say, hey, you, why don't you rejoin the light side? That never happened. He criticized him the whole time. If – say that again? He, Luke says what, – What's the line that uh, Vader has? Luke says, come with me. And, he, and Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. In Revenge of the Sith, before Anakin turns to the dark side, he and Obi-Wan exchange a – Friendly farewell. Hmm. When he meets him again, he's already turned to the dark side, and Obi-Wan never says, you know, forget this. Come back. All he says is, I can't believe what you did. I can't mm -hmm. believe you did this. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you are this mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean... Yeah, it's a little... It's a nuance that it could it's be... It's not as bad as I remember my mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, that would have been so easy to fix. Just have her die off screen. I mean... Yeah, yeah, she could die on Alderaan for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, at the end she's in. All you have to, all you have to do is say is that she's in a coma, that she didn't die. You don't have the funeral scene. She's in a coma, and yeah. you know, she comes out of the coma later. Whatever. Who knows? Or she could go off with Bail Organa at the end, and they wouldn't know who. You know, she, well, it's just frustrating. It's regardless. It's frustrating because obviously somebody must have some super fan must have been next to Lucas and be like, you, you know. Leia says that she knows her. her well, I'll fix that in one of the future editions. <laughs> That's a weird kind of thing to like mess up, you know. Yeah, uh, it really uh, is. You know, but uh, he was fixated on wanting the funeral scene, so I think that's what that's what compelled him. That, it's more important to have the funeral scene than this, than this continuity error that's going to create it in episode five. I, 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 I imagine that's his reasoning there. Um, but anyway, I think that there because one of the things that's interesting about Vader's dialogue is because it doesn't it's not mapped to a mouth or anything. You can there's chances of manipulating you know what he says and reactions and stuff. So I, for whatever reason, I just remember like there was I think there was a chance to smooth out. I remember particularly the master stuff was kind of frustrating to me. Um, but I would, it, I would cut out the new. Um Dance sequence. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, the Jabba's additional dance thing. Like, that really is the omen of, you know, there's. If this is the decision. That was the birth of Jar Jar Binks. It right really there. is. That's the, that's the brain. That is the, uh, the root of the seed that's been dropped that you know that this is. Putting Jabba into episode four was bad. Mm. I equate that as far as adding, mm -hmm. trying. This is way worse. It really is. It yeah. really is. Um, Putting Java into four was not just bad because uh, you know he steps on him and is goofy. It's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. The same uh, thing that happens between 
Emperor. Oh, uh, the, the thing I just talked about between Emperor and Luke trying to turn him over and then yeah. cutting to the space being and go back to Luke, cutting space being and coming back to him. Um, or it feels ineffective as cutting back from as many times as it does. I think the same thing happens with um, when uh, the Emperor is force lightning um, uh, Luke. There's a little too much going back with Vader figuring out what he wants to do. Um, I think maybe cutting out one or two, two of those exchanges would clean up Vader really clicking and going, I'm done with this. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is better, six or three? Six or three. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me suggest this to you. You know how I told you there's no real sense of danger you know, in, no. in any of the movie, one Ewok dies. Mm-hmm. We, we, when, when you know, Lando's out there and they're flying around. You know he's gonna survive. You know they're not gonna blow up Lando in the yeah. Falcon. Yeah. You know Han's not gonna. They shoot Leia in the arm. Yeah. And, oh, R two gets hit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. In Revenge of the Sith, unless you've seen four, five, and six, you have no idea who's gonna make out of that movie. I would say uh, I'm gonna give. This is the this is the first time I'm saying this. Okay. Uh, and I think Episode three is better than Episode six. I, I if agree. only because of the the entire montage that ends with him uh, Vader going and killing all the kids, that's that whole the death of the Jedi is so well done um, that it really is elevates that entire movie above um, kind of the trivial trivialities that Episode Six has. Well, not just that, but even though instantly we see Obi Wan and Yoda survive, you don't know. Who's going to be alive at the end? Padme ends up dying. Mm-hmm. Um, Anakin almost dies. You really have no idea where the movie's going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll buttress my comment with saying that definitely uh, episode three over six, but probably one of the probably the fan edit version that we saw. Yeah, without the no. Yeah, yeah. Take away. Also, some of the... by the way, if you haven't seen uh. the Re- the Return of the Jedi Blu-ray. Vader says no. See, this, how is that possible? How is that possible? All, all the circulating BS that came from that no in episode three. Did episode three come out? Six years before the Blu-ray, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm thinking like before they did the special editions, but you're talking about the Blu-ray, yeah. Um, how because the no was in the Blu-ray. add that in well after the mountains of criticism that it came from. Well, not only that, but I don't remember which version it is. In the special edition, or prior to the special edition, one shot was fired in the Monsta Cantina. After the special edition, there were two shots fired. Greedo shot first, Han shot second. At some point or other, he modified it so that they shot simultaneously. Why not just modify it? If you're going to modify it, you know the only reason you're modifying it is because you're getting gripes. Yeah. Why not just leave it? I mean, they took out... In in, in uh, special edition when Luke when Luke chose death over going with Vader, he screams as he plummets to his death. No, no, not no, but ah! Oh, when, when Luke falls, it was out. a believable yeah. thing for him. To, it wasn't no, it was yeah. ah! Yeah. And they took it out. He took it back out again. He said, "You know what? I don't like that. Why couldn't he done that with the Greedo thing?" I see. So he fans will always that. be asking this question. <laughs> well, it, it's so. I don't know if it's ignorance or hubris why he does it. I wonder. You know how you're talking about eventually um, Disney will release the, un, un, you know, blah, blah, blah. It has to. Well, do you think that Disney would ever make one more edition? Like, leave in some of the good stuff from the, the special edition? The official special edition? Okay. Well, like, okay. Leave in the, the beautiful um, scenery in Cloud City. Mm. 
um, take out the dance sequence, mm-hmm. uh, leave in, you know, some of the new Mos Eisley stuff, mm-hmm. take out some of the rest of it, mm-hmm. uh, get rid of Jabba in episode four, mm-hmm. leave Ian McDiarmid in episode five. Okay, so what you know what I'm saying? I know, but what you are doing right now is making my own version of it. Is making your own version. I'm just saying, do you think that they might ever go through and say, let's take a poll of all the Star Wars fans? What do you want left in? What do you want taken out? We're going to make one more version for the fans, hmm. which never has been done before. It's be, <laughs> never be been pretty, for the fans. It's been for Lucas. No, it wouldn't be just for the fans. It'd be for internet fans, and those are the people who are the most hardcore. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because they're the ones who would contribute. To like we're going to do our best on all of the, you know. The, the quality of the picture and everything. Don't worry about that. We're talking about the actual shots in the movie. You could, yeah, in fact, you could structure that and say, look, we're going to release a despecialized version in HD to the best of our original prints that we have. So for all you people who want that, that's coming. Now, to do a special edition, upgraded similarly to what uh, was attempted in the 90s, what do you want? What do you want to keep? What do you want to throw out? And we're going to have a raffle, and X number of people are going to win free copies of it or something. The point is you can turn that into a phenomenal uh, that would, event. That would bog down the internet. Yeah, yeah. That's a great... I think Disney should Disney, do that. Disney, are, are you listening? I no, 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 I'm absolutely <laughs> serious. Yeah. If I was Disney, I would say, look, there's all this... You know, Some people like the original, some people like blah, blah, blah. I would give them the original and say, okay, we have the original. We're going to do one version of this, and this is the Disney version. Mm-hmm. This is not only the Disney version... And we're not going to necessarily add anything new. But we want to make it compatible with 1, 2, and 3. Yes. That, would be, that would be a rule. So a non-negotiable would be Ian McDiarmid in episode 5, mm-hmm. the Boba Fett voice is gone. Um, and unfortunately, you'd have to put uh, keep the, the Force Ghost of uh, Hayden Christensen. Okay, now five. I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on that. Um, in the context of a special edition, it makes sense. It does. Here's what I think. In the original version, when you see Anakin... Played by a different actor. I understand you want to put have the same actor. Mm-hmm. He's an old man. In this version, he's a young man. What's the difference? You're right. You should have an old man version of... Oh, I see where you're going with that. If, if, if Obi-Wan dies as an old age and then he's an old age force ghost, then why not use the same actor? If you want to argue, well, the reason that you're seeing this is because Anakin Skywalker died, quote-unquote, and Darth Vader took over, then why did you have an old actor in the first place? Well... Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I, yeah, I, I know I'm getting a lot of flack for this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around like there's anybody with a baseball bat or something. But if I were Lucas, when I made the, when I put in Ian McDiarmid and I put in the voice, I would have taken out Sebastian Shaw from Return of the Jedi, and I would have stuck Hayden Christensen's face inside that body. Just reshoot it. Reshoot yeah, those shots. Absolutely. For the, for the same reasons. For the yeah. same reasons. And I would say here's the original version. This is the continuity mm. version. Mm. This is what I would have done if I could have done. Mm. This isn't me being experimental with my powers. This is me <laughs> trying to make it a co- everything a coherent as coherent as possible. possible. Yeah. Um, I think you, you, you won me over with the other argument that said if you're going to use Sebastian Shaw in the mask, then you need to put him as the Force Ghost. Yeah. Um, because then we're just going to say, well, that's what he looks like now, so that's what he looks so like. So I don't now. have a problem with Hayden Christensen's Force Ghost, but he's not in the mask. Yeah. If he was in the mask, I would say, you know what? I missed the old version. This is fine. Yeah. Same with the music at the end. The original music was dun 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 dun, and it felt like an Ewok thing and everything. Mm-hmm. This music sounds more epic. Okay. I like it. I like both versions fine. I'm satisfied with the new music. Mm-hmm. It's it sounds better. I'd ra- on a soundtrack, I'd rather listen to this than that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I wasn't so thrown off watching it this time, but now that I think about it, I would put the other ghost in there. I mean, yeah. You put the old man back? Put Sebastian Shaw back in there. Yeah. If if you're not going to read, I would I would, say, I would say either make it straight up Hayden Christensen or in Jedi yeah. make it straight up Sebastian mm-hmm. Shaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Now I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, they did I think change his eye color. Sebastian Shaw's. Mm-hmm. Oh, to and I think they got rid of his eyebrows. I think his eyebrows were there and now they're gone. Huh. Because you know just yeah, whatever. Burn on, burn yeah. Burn whatever. Yeah. Um. Another thing that I was thinking about. Sorry. Go one ahead. more thing. I also would have made it, and I know this sounds silly and petty, I would have made it the back of Hayden Christensen's head in makeup that we see in Empire, not the actor that's there, just so that I would have had him the same makeup when I'm shooting it, when I'm shooting him in the makeup whenever, mm-hmm. when you put the mask on, mm-hmm. I would have also, in that makeup, that boom, scene. just so there's no question, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because you know that's not, that, that's, you know that's some random actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not Jeremy, that's- whatever... No, no, no. David Prowse. That's it's not, not David Prowse. Prowse. That's yeah. just some random actor. Yeah. I was also thinking when it was happening um, that when uh, when um, when the Emperor is using the Force Lightning on Luke, that it would have been very interesting if there was some kind of tie-in with young Anakin, who, if the death of his father or his mother was caused by electrical shock or something like that. And you would have, that was something that would help, you know, pardon the pun, shock him out of what's going on at the moment. And so you'd see kind of like, um, you know, have a little parallel there where now his son, he saw that happen to somebody else and now it's happening to his son, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I kind of look at it like this. Um, If Anakin could have, he would have saved his mom. If, if I know, I know theoretically you can if see all be, that. If need be, he would have cut Palpatine in half to save Padme. But then 25 years pass, and now he's seeing his son die. He's been on, under, the, under the power of the dark side for 25 years. If Luke had been alive at that moment, he would have cut. He would have thrown him down the hole immediately to save Luke. I. Are what I was looking for, though, I mean, motivations aside, I think the motivations work, but I'm, I'm looking for, I thought it would be interesting if they're, now that we, because if he's going back and recreating episodes one, two, and three based off of four, five, and six, that would be, I thought that would be an interesting, and he does like a lot of echoing, I think that's the word he uses, Yeah. between uh, the themes of episode one, two, and three, between the others. I thought that would, that, I think that, that could have been in that wheelhouse mm. um, to help, you know, like I said, to bring yeah, it yeah, yeah. forward. No, that's possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, you know, Vader if they, if they is dead. If they, if they didn't want to make him, you know, an immaculate conception thing, they even could have said that's what happened to his dad. Well, his dad was electrocuted or something. I mean, I don't that's know. That's a little he, tease. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it has to be something he has to really see and experience, you know? Yeah, like Jar Jar getting electrocuted by the energy binders. <laughs> Your hand gets cut, it's going to go numb for hours. That's it. But- yeah. <laughs> no, no. No! I'm good again. So frustrating. Uh, yeah, then there's the uh, the in celebration sequence, the the burning of Vader, um, which is interesting. It didn't occur to me, but um, uh, so why did his body get burned, but 
Um, he turns into the Force Ghost. We don't actually... We see his armor burned. That's such a weird thing to burn if uh, if if he's not in it. The, the well, see, here's the it. problem with him being a Force Ghost in the first place. He wasn't around when they started... I mean, Qui-Gon's the one that figured out about that, and then he taught Obi-Wan, and then obviously Yoda... You're saying you're saying Qui Gon was the first Force Ghoster? Yeah. I he's the first. Certainly, there's a long that's a long okay, story. Okay, okay. We have to go all the way back to the first chapter of Phantom Menace novel. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in the movie, uh, you, yeah, you've told me before that Qui Gon practices a little bit outside the normal. Uh, there's two different. There's two different of, philosophies of the Force. Right. There's the living Force, which is what 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 uh, Qui Gon. Uh, follows and there's what the other thing which I forget it's called that everybody else follows and that's why Qui Gon's not on the council because mm-hmm. he has a different philosophy of the Force. He's still with their allies. He's not on the council mm-hmm. even though he's a master. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the living Force is ultimately what leads to the idea that in Episode Two, when Yoda is sensing what's going on with Anakin, he hears Qui Gon speaking. Qui Gon is mm-hmm. somehow or other in the ethereal. Uh-huh. And in Episode Three. Yoda comes in and says, uh, I've made contact with Qui-Gon in the Force. He's still alive in the Force, and mm-hmm. he has something to teach us. Mm-hmm. And in the novel, I told I know I've told you this before, in the novel of Episode 3, Yoda, Yoda goes at length and says, the reason we failed is because we failed to adapt. We we never considered, we, you know, we said, this is our philosophy, and we're, and, and we're never going to look at anything else. We're never going to say why we believe what we believe. We're just going to say we believe it. Now um, we're, we're desperate times call for desperate measures. Let's listen to the let's listen to the living force. Let's train a twenty year old boy to be a Jedi, because guess what? We have nothing to lose now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, you know, and then and, and I really wish they had done more of it in the movie. But you know, it says Qui Gon has training for you to to to, to Obi Wan, and then when Obi Wan dies, now he can talk like Qui Gon. And then within a matter of years, he's appearing as a ghost, mm-hmm. not just a voice, but he can be you know physically. There and then Yoda can do it too. But how, what about Anakin? How did he learn that? The only possible explanation I can think of, other than just as a plot hole, is that he was conceived by the Force. Hmm. And then when he died, it just goes he, on. he lived on. His special case scenario. Well, it makes sense. And I mean, you know, you could argue that. I wonder. This is pure it speculation. It doesn't explain why they would burn the burn the body. Absolutely, it explains why they would burn the armor. Or Darth, he's he's giving his first of all, he's giving his father a funeral. Second of all, he's saying Darth Vader's dead. Okay. And and yeah, the Sith, yeah, 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 the yeah, Sith. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, you know, it would be like if your father died, but there's no body. You'd still have a funeral. You'd bury a casket. Well, Michael, yeah, would, you know? Yoda, where's the funeral for Yoda? Where's the funeral for Obi Wan? Well, are we going to say that those happened off screen? Or the well, Obi Wan's would have to happen off screen because it, he died in the middle of the Death Star. I mean, and then they land on Yavin, and they immediately have to go out and fight the Death Star. Yoda's, or they didn't have one altogether. Well, okay, either way, um, we don't know what happened with Yoda because Yoda dies, and they see now Luke is heading back to his X-wing. We don't know how long he stayed in that hut. We don't know what he did. I understand that, but the film doesn't seem to imply that any of after they after the the only two people we know who turn to the force when they die, yeah. uh, when we see them die like that, uh, don't get funerals. True, true. Yeah. Um, but 
anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a minor point, but that's the thing about this this particular episode is that there's so many there's so many little every couple of minutes it's like eh, every couple of, eh, like there's a little thing that's poking at you it's like it's not right it's not right it's not right um, and uh, and so at the end you kind of left feeling like it, all it had to really resolve was the you know the family stuff and um, and the rest was just you know padding I had a an idea just now so in no way can this be considered a spoiler for episode 7 because mm-hmm. it's just an idea I had mm-hmm. what if Luke can still talk to his dad the way he talked to um, Obi-Wan in 5 and 6 when we have Hayden Christensen as alive and well you know what if he can still talk to him what if they were able to bring him back as a force ghost that'd be an interesting thing to see Say that again. What if, what if, um, Anakin, mm-hmm. quote unquote, hovers around Luke in the Force the way Obi Wan did? I mean, he's there at the end as a Force ghost. Sure. Who's to say they couldn't bring Hayden Christensen back to play um, Anakin as a Force ghost? So we could still see Anakin in the movie. That would be interesting. That would be interesting, and if so, that would be an argument to keep him as the Force Ghost in Episode Six. And outside of George Lucas's hands, Hayden Christensen can act, <laughs> so I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. Let me rephrase that: outside of George Lucas's editing, he can act. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, at, look at what's been done with that. Yeah. yeah, you can see yeah. a stronger performance yeah. there. Yeah, uh, that's a curious thought. A curious uh, thought. Honestly, if I were if I were writing that script, I probably would have seriously. I, I would have said. Hayden Christensen, are you interested in being in this movie? That's if not, I haven't started writing it yet. I want to know now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I would say that's what I would have done. Yeah. Absolutely, because the same thing is before you start writing the script, you have to know Mark Hamill's on board. You have to know Carrie Fisher's on board. You know, he would never say no to that. Regardless, you can't start writing it until you because though you can't you can't replace those actors. Yeah, I see what you mean. So you can't start writing it until they've already signed up. So why not uh, mm-hmm. Hayden Christensen? Honestly. Yeah. And I would even well, I, I would I was going to say I'd even go as far as Ewan McGregor, except for the fact that he was replaced with uh, Alec Guinness, quote unquote replaced. It was the other way around. Yeah. Except that you only need one Force Ghost. It's not like Luke needs a couple of guys. <laughs> it's like I've been. I'm so bored. Hey, Force Ghost. I've been a Jedi, Jedi, for, Come I've on. Been a Jedi for thirty years, but I need guidance. <laughs> um. Uh, you know what? I wanted to to save this for the back half of the episode, but we're already on top of talking about episode seven, so let's do it. Okay. Um, I and I don't think we've covered this in the other episodes. I hope not. Otherwise, it's redundant. Um, but I was always fascinated um, hearing your idea of what seven, eight, and nine could be back in high school when you first shared it with me. Back when I uh, eat, ate, slept, and breathed. Star yes. Wars. Yes. Uh, would you mind going into it? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, sure. I think it's pretty close. No, I didn't have the whole thing mapped out or anything. I no, just had a pre- no, All I had was a premise. That's strong. Okay, the premise was, and this is before we knew there was a prophecy about Anakin. This is before 1, 2, and 3 came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Was that there was a prophecy about Anakin's offspring that... This is a hypothetical yeah, idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was an idea. Out. And this idea is based on numerous scenes that are already there. It would be easy to lay this over it without doing any retcon at all. Yeah. And say, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, um, is the idea that, that, you know, Anakin turns to the dark side and the Emperor or somebody 
has a forced premonition of the future that Anakin's heir will be even more powerful than Anakin. He will be, he or she, mm-hmm. well, whoever, Anakin's heir will be like the ultimate badass Sith. Sith. And so, um, and well, maybe not just the Emperor, but this is a maybe this is a common thing because Yoda needs to know about it. Because okay, Luke, it all starts in Empire when Luke comes to visit Yoda and to train. Yoda lays down every possible thing he could think of that could possibly get him out of training Luke. He says, "No, he's too old. He's he's you know reckless. Impatient. Um, he's impatient. He's got a lot of anger, you know, etc." And finally. When Luke says, "I won't," you know, Luke, uh, Yoda says, "Will he finish what he begins?" Which is which is also kind of. I always thought that would have been. I always thought that line would have been an interesting uh, foreshadow to the fact that Anakin never finishes Jedi training, mm-hmm. but he did, obviously. Um, I thought that because that you know, since he's sitting there talking about his dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, every scene that you see, pretty much of Yoda training Luke, Yoda is talking about beware of the dark side. Over and over and over. He's sitting there training Luke, saying, um, beware the dark side. Quickly it flows, easily it joins you in a fight. If once you start down the dark path, forever... He's not saying, stretch out with your feelings. This is how to use the Force. He's saying, here's how not to use the Force. Mm-hmm. He's very emphatic. Yeah, absolutely. And then Luke Luke says, I feel, I feel so something not right here. And Yoda says, Yoda, very sullen. Mm-hmm. Goes, that place is strong with the dark side. A domain of evil it is. And you must go. It's kind of like I want to see what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And he he just he does not seem happy at all in that scene. He's no. like he he acts like he was just told his best friend is ne- he's never going to see his best friend again. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but anyway, he goes, "Your weapons, you'll not need them." And he just all the life is sucked out of him when he's talking about it. He's like he knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He knows. He wants he wants there to be something good. But well, anyway, he doesn't so Luke it. goes in there, and he confronts the image of Vader, chops off his head, and whose face is inside the helmet? Luke's. Luke's. And what's Yoda's response? Hmm. Like, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, then, when Luke says, okay, well, now I'm going to leave prematurely. Mm-hmm. Did you finish your training? I'm out of here. No, you shouldn't. You now, shouldn't he, now he brings everything Obi-Wan fight, in. Every, everything that they're fighting for, you, you now are Now he brings Obi-Wan over. into it, and they're like, no, don't do it. You're going to lead to the dark side. Only a fully trained Jedi Knight can do this, blah, blah, blah. Luke says, oh, no, don't worry about me. I'm Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And he gets, in the, he gets in the X-Wing and flies off, and Yoda says, told you I did. Mm-hmm. Reckless is he. Now matters are worse. In other words, I just trained the new Sith. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan, still backing up Luke, says, that boy is our last hope. And Yoda says, no, there's another. Like, I'm done with Luke almost. It's like he's like, uh, you know, <laughs> now, we're going to have to find Leia to do Leia. Okay, well now, flash forward, Luke comes through. He, he confronts Vader, and what happens? He does not turn to the dark side at all. Mm-hmm. He he, sacrifice, he he escapes, mm-hmm. but he sacrifices himself. I'll, rather, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. He sacrifices himself. He does all the noble things to not turn to the dark Absolutely. side. Absolutely. But before you do that, a quick aside, because incidentally, this your this I this where you're going with this was all thought of before one, two, and three came out. But there happens to be a brief little exchange in this in episode two, I believe, with Yoda about talking to I think Mace Windu about the prophecy 
And that still ties into what you're going here. We're talking about the prophecy of the, the one that will be balanced to the force. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll, anyway, bring, I'll bring that full circle. Go ahead. Okay, so when Vader... Uh, Vader says... Um, Vader is, is is absolutely convinced that Luke is going to be a Sith. He's like, "Hey, guess what? You can join the you can join me. Don't let's just overthrow the Emperor, you know, um, and we'll do it together." Mm-hmm. And then Luke survives. Anyway, when Luke when Vader brings Luke before the Emperor, Vader, I think at this point, according to my little theory, feels like his number's up. Luke's going to take his place now. It's over. And so, you know, he's... There's, there's a slight resignation in Vader yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point. So, you know, he's, they're, they're, trying, they're, they're trying to get Luke to turn to the dark side. It's not working, not working. And all of a sudden, Vader says, You have a twin sister. And up until that point, the Emperor has been smug and absolutely confident that Luke's going to turn to the dark side. Why? Because there's a prophecy that Anakin's heir will turn to the dark side. All of a sudden, they find out there's a sister, and the very next time the Emperor has anything to say, it's "So be it, Jedi." He, all he's, I, you're not the one. On, you're not the one. I was wrong. So I'm going to kill you. So my idea was that absolutely that's the correct thing. Leia is the one that's going to turn to the dark side. Leia is going to be the villain in the new movie, and they're like that. Uh, I don't know. That's <laughs> much as far as I got. It was 100% based on things in the prequel tr- or previously existing material. I didn't really flesh out what um, that would be mm-hmm. other than the idea of Luke redeemed his father. Now he's going to face his sister. Well, you did. I know you did add a little bit more to it insofar as that all of the problems that uh, Anakin faced was coming to the Force too old, didn't have proper training, uh, easily succumbing to the dark side. All of those things would happen to Leia as she gets introduced to the Force in her in the late 20s or 30s or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And she spirals out of control, maybe has kids before that, which could really screw things up. Um, and uh, and I, also, I remember you saying also, too, that the final shot of Episode Nine should be... Luke standing over the burning body of Leia. Uh, that would okay. That would have been a great way to end it. Yeah. Maybe at Han too. I don't know. Maybe just Luke. I don't know. Yeah. But um. Oh, I probably would have killed off Han and Chewie. Yeah. In the you have in to. the course of the you trilogy. To. Yeah. Because you have to kill to off. Raise, you got to raise the stakes. To, yeah, you have to raise the stakes. Mm-hmm. I would have probably killed off Han and Chewie. I would have maybe had her have kids, and now they're trying to hide her kids from her. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be retreading old ground. It would be. This is a cycle. This is the family cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be like, oh, I've seen this before. It would be like, this is the Skywalker curse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, if you kept going into like 14 and 15, then it would get old. Yeah. But still. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I think that's fantastic. And what I was going to say before is that... Um, the thing I really like about that is that it's 100% grounded in what's already there. It's just... It's just t- taking like fifteen scenes, putting them together, and coming up with an alternative explanation for the entire thing. That would, but would, that would be so good because if that's the that, if that had happened, people would be like, the first thought is, there's no way that that fits with all the. Oh my god! Did they plan this all along? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but the line I was talking about in in episode two is, I think it is episode two. Uh, the line that Yoda says is a prophet, something about a prophecy we may have misinterpreted. That was in episode three, where they're okay. saying the prophecy says that Anakin is going to bring balance to the Force. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's dangerous to rest our laurels on this prophecy. It could have been misread. Mm-hmm. 
you know. And I guess the implication is that they think that the prophecy means he's a good guy. He's going to make everything good with the force, but really he's going to bring balance by taking out all of the good guys to balance out between the few Sith. And it's the few it's Jedi. really interesting because at the end of Episode Three, there's two Sith and two Jedi. Yeah. Well, there's Not probably that. more Jedi. There's probably some other ones were able to escape. We think. I mean, you got to assume, if they're all over the galaxy and these two escaped, why not others? Well, Yoda says that after I die, you'll be the last Jedi. And you would think he kind of knew. That's true. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, if you were a Jedi and you were part of the Jedi Order and all of a sudden the Jedi Order was wiped out and you're, you're uh, an outlaw or whatever, would you ever use your Force powers ever again? Eh, very rarely. You would not be a Jedi. Well, it'd be one of those things where, like, you go into a... You walk in the presence of another Jedi, and there's the like the knowing nod, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and so the, but you really wouldn't be a Jedi anymore. You, not, would, you would be force sensitive. Be practicing in the sense that well, yeah. Jedi is more than just being force sensitive. It's a it's a philosophy. It's a way of life, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so uh, if seven, eight, and nine comes out, and Leia ends up being the arch villain of it all, um, they stole it from Greg <laughs> fifteen years ago. I'd be surprised. Yeah, me too. But based off what little we know, I, I know a lot less than you do about... I'm trying and to, I don't know very much. I'm trying to hide myself from what's... The only thing I there. know is the dialogue in the trailers. You don't know the dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know anything else about the trailers because there's really not much to know. Yeah. Okay, uh, we do have uh, a fan edit to watch. Um, it's going to be... I, 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 it's not a despecialized version, so okay. we're not going to... It's an actual fan It's edit. an actual fan <laughs> edit. Uh, so maybe uh, maybe we'll see something, some changes in uh, in this episode that might make us you know rethink uh, how we want to watch this movie. Maybe Boba now. Fett will live. Maybe Boba Fett lives on. In you know the extra movie lore, he does live because the Sarlacc slowly digests you over a thousand years, and his armor takes a long time to dissolve, and so he's not instantly killed. And he's Ooh, able to he's able to blast his way out of it or whatever. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we're gonna watch this. Well, oh. Well, no, this this is potential spoilers. Never mind. Okay, so we're gonna watch this edit of uh, of episode six and get back to you on the back half. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, Ethan here with Call Busey. Just to let you know that if you've enjoyed our feature this Star Wars series. To subscribe to our channel on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are found. Uh, just search The Gary Busey Town Massacre. That's The Gary Busey Town Massacre, where you can find more feature this episodes on different movies and our roundtable discussions of Gary Busey movies. Uh, It's a wonderful time over there. Make sure to check us out on Twitter, at CultBusey, Instagram, cult.busey, and feel free to email us, cult.busey at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening to our Feature This Star Wars edition and may the fan edit be with you all of you
Alrighty, we are back after having watched the fan edit of episode six, Return of the Jedi. I it was called The Undiscovered Country. <laughs> That's the movie six and uh, yeah, Star Trek six, Star The Undiscovered Trek, Country. Yeah. Um, so this is a, this is a pretty good edit, I have to say. Uh, after watching the original and then watching this, I liked a lot of the changes on it. Um, I don't feel that sort of sacrosanct want to uh, uphold, you know, to the original that I kind of feel is obligated for episodes four and five. I think this one does need work, and uh, so I'm happy with a lot of the changes that uh, we saw here. Greg, do you have anything to comment on that so far? <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, so uh, this, I, I, I will say this: uh, this is the first of these that I've seen that was only, excuse the pun, addition by subtraction. Meaning there was uh, nothing. There was nothing rearranged. There was nothing put in. It was just cuts. Um, as well, do you mean in the spirit of it's more? It's an edit more in the spirit of one, two, and three, and not what we saw with four and five. What I mean is with 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 one, two, and three, th- things were changed. Mm-hmm. Whereas with like, there's no many chlorians or right. or there's no asteroids. Okay, I, I, you know that's that is subtraction, but at the same time, um, suggestions are changed. Like it's possible you can see by the force. That's a whole different that's a f- phenomenon. That's in the plot that's been Yeah, and then, um, and then, you know, and then they, in the Revenge of the Sith, they included the scenes with the beginning of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they didn't, they were telling a different version of the story. This was telling the exact same version of the story with some things left out where they just paused. Right, but I think that added <laughs> uh, to well, the I'm not saying it didn't add. I'm yeah. saying it's the first time where I literally, everything I saw... I'd seen before, just mm-hmm. there was more of it. Yeah. Um, so the film, of course, starts off with the same... Uh, first off, let's talk about who this edit, this version of the edit is. Now, I did it. Um, I, I, this, we're kind of in a weird place. Right now, um, I, I burned the DVD and brought it over here for us to watch. Um, but I had to do a makeshift DVD. It's not like it. I think the, there's a, the file online to download is an MP4. So I didn't write down who the fan editor was. And I just thought, oh, we'll just look it up on the website before we launch this part of the podcast. And uh, the fanedit.org is down. I did that. So um, I don't. I know his name is Dan something. Um, but I'm not going to be able to. Uh, uh, put that in, uh, in in this part of the podcast, but I'm sure the information of it is going to be on the on the feature of this podcast website under this particular episode for more information. So, um, yeah, so we don't know who who the, who the guy is or if he had a clever name for it. I don't think he did. It was just probably his version of Return of the Jedi. It was um, called Re of the I. <laughs> um, so this uh, this film starts off with the same. Um, uh, the same opening, you know, needing to rescue Solo first. And I think, like you said, like it's kind of, uh, it might be a little bit redundant to say that if this follows this, which follows this, which follows this, because chronologically and scene for scene, it doesn't feel like there's anything that's inserted before or after. Um, so where we saw the edits and uh, where we noticed the edits, at least the very first edit that I was, uh, I, I really latched on to was um, when uh, R- uh, R2 and C-3PO come into uh, Jabba's palace and they get interviewed or interrogated by, what's the guy with the curly Q head? The French Bib guy? Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Um, He's a guy with quote-unquote no name who is still influenced by Jedi mind tricks. 
Uh, <laughs> see, when Biza, when you said that the other day, I had to hang my shed in shame because I know the names of all the people that have been uh, mind trick. Yeah, that used to have no names. I was just like, I'm not gonna say anything. Uh, <laughs> they have names because I'm a nerd. Um, so he uh, he, um, there's a little exchange where he says, uh, C3PO says, "Hey, take us to Java. We have a, um, we're, we're here to get, deliver a message and a gift." And then the guy at the curly head says, "Well, go ahead." Basically, says, "Give me the gift now." And C3PO uh, responds from from our, our instructions are to only give, give it to the Java. Java, right? So that little thing is cut out. Um, there's little trims like that uh, throughout the whole movie, I suspect. Less so in the Luke and Vader and Emperor stuff. Um, uh, I, I, I kind of feel like that was a bad cut. Really? Because you know, Java is obviously surrounded by layers of security. For C3PO to come in and say, "I need to bring him a message." And the next thing you see is he's brought into the audience chamber. Mm-hmm. Is it versus? Oh, really? Well, why don't you give me the message? That that feels more authentic. Okay, I I was in favor of it just to keep the thing rolling to to move the pacing along. So um, they get in front of a they get in front of Java, and there's actually several big edits that happen here in the the Java sequence. Um, the there's, fir- there's no scene with the droids getting assigned. Um, you know, places in Jabba's regime. Yeah, the weird torture droid scene is they, gone. They cut out the second round of Jedi rocks, leaving only the first round, which is not offensive. Yeah, but um, was that music choice from the uh, from the original? That was Jedi rocks. That was not from the original. Okay, that was an interesting All he did was cut out Jabba saying, do it again. Right. In fact, he, uh, he does a little modify Jabba's uh, dialogue from time to time. Mm-hmm. And included in removing that... Um, Music uh, cue is removing the slave girl falling into the rancor pit. Yeah. So it's more of a surprise when it happens to Luke. I like that. Yeah. Um, in fact, the, the the original movie, it not only does it um, tip the hat to that once by having her fall into it, it tips the hat again. Well, not to be with fair. With a line saying, hey, you're standing on a... And then it cuts off C-3PO or something To be like fair, that. in the original movie, you don't see what's down there. All you know is it's a, it's a trap. Yeah. So, so the, it was still it was still a the surprise question mark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like the fact that it's just kind of like you know he, he's, yeah. nobody saw foresaw that coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that is is changed pretty heavily is the the exchange between um, Leia and uh, and Jabba when he's uh, when the, when she brings uh, Chewie in. Mm-hmm. Um, in the original, she says uh, there's a there's a bargain, and in this version, it's okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Which I like the bargain better because I felt it it made. Her more realistic as some kind of hardened mercenary. You know what I just realized? What? I don't know why it didn't occur to us while we watched it. What? There is no Bubba Fett. He doesn't die. Oh, he's not in it at all. He's not in it at I, all. I think I commented at one point when they were when they redid the music thing, no yeah. Bubba Fett. But yeah. it didn't occur to me that he wasn't there. He's not there at all. He's really an unimportant in this movie. See, but I that's really interesting because when that scene unfolded in the Java's head, I was like, oh man, I wish there was Boba Fett there to do the head nod. Uh-huh. And the reason for that is because I suspect uh, that's not shown is Boba Fett kind of goes to Java on the side and says, look, Han and Chewie are some of the hardest bounties ever. There's no way this no-name bounty came in with Chewie. Like you need to suspect something. Like I figure, like he's the one who cued him on, cued him into mm. uh, there's something's amiss, and that's where the surprise comes in. Yeah, and that uh, he was behind. Well, that still doesn't mean that were they to lock eyes, Boba Fett would nod at him. I mean, he's not going to give anything away. No, but the fact that he's there as a bounty hunter who's worked with Jabba, that, that's the conversation I feel happened off screen. Mm. Um, but in this case, that he's not there at all. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, when I think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we don't. So the the the, the lameness of having. Uh, 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 
uh, Boba Fett being taken out is in, is not in this movie. Yes. So, can we fan edit him back into Episode Seven? <laughs> I mean, assuming that they don't already figure out a way to put him in there. Yeah, I, maybe you said this is gonna be a Boba Fett movie, right? It's like a Han Solo Boba Fett anthology or something like that. Mm. I'll find the picture again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so he's he's removed uh, some of the uh, some of the dialogue of Jabba's is is, a, is kind of fun um, for the changes that they made. Like when he opens up the curtain and there she is, he says surprise. I liked that little that little line. Um, uh, after uh, Han is uh, decarbonated. Uh, they, the, there's a scene that's been removed where he uh, gets reunited with Chewie. Um, now, in the original, it is kind of a, a, a hokey kind of best friends getting back together kind of thing. Um, what I realized when we were talked about on the first part is that there's so much of this movie where Han doesn't feel like Han. He feels like this sort of wimpy version of the old Han, or he lost that uh, scoundrel edge. Um, I think that this edit actually uh, does a lot to restore that, not by adding, but of course subtracting the scenes where we see him in that frame. Mm. Um, so my argument, I, I kind of liked, I can make an argument in favor of removing, keeping that scene removed. Um, but you're right. The flip side is that, because uh, Greg didn't want, um, Greg wanted that scene restored. Uh, because it is kind of a, it's kind of weird to think that they have been, those two have been away for so long and we don't get to see the moment where they, they get reunited. Uh, because in this edit, they just come back together in the, in the scene, you know, in front of Jabba, basically telling them it's time to, you know, we're taking you to go get executed. So I can think of, um, I, I understand where the, the editor made that choice, um, but also in the sense of pacing and kind of moving things along, I, I, can, I, can get a, I can get on board with that. But I also can see the other side. I think people might, um, I don't know how many people would be persuaded one way or the other, but I, I, I can understand that uh, particular edit. Yeah. Um, following that, uh, they are uh, taken out to, um, you know, to the, the Sarlacc pit. Now, was that Sarlacc pit, the visuals on that? Was that the old Sarlacc well, that pit? Was that, a special that was edition. a special edition one. Um, I wish they had put gotten rid of the little beak thing and just gone with the original sort of like with the tentacles. Yeah. Um, so the uh, yeah. So this is a mix of not just the the special edition, but it looks like there's um, older footage in here as well. So it kind of cuts back and forth between special and original, or the well, I don't know what original there's, is anymore. It, but. it deals with those two versions and not anything else. Okay. Um, so they get to the. Uh, um, to the uh, da, 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 to where the Sarlacc pit action sequence happens, and outside of Boba Fett being removed from that, I didn't really take stock of anything that was particularly uh, cut out. Um, uh, except, actually, one of the things I did notice is that Jabba doesn't use the microphone to talk to no, him. No, he still did. I saw it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I remember Leia grabbing the microphone to choke with him, but I don't remember him using it to talk to him. But it's for some a chain reason. that she uses to choke him. Well, the chain comes from the microphone. Okay, well, I do remember. I remember. Oh, no, she uses the microphone to break the chain, or something like that. I know she grabs the microphone. When, yeah, he still uses the microphone. Okay. Originally, he said, put him in, and now it's like, oh, you silly little Jedi. They changed what Jabba said, but it was still there. Okay. Um, and uh, the action sequence co commences, and um, I don't recognize or realize anything, any changes from that. Um, we have, uh, you know, there's also the, the scenes where it's cutting back and forth to uh, Vader and, um, you know, the Emperor and whatnot, but uh, I'm trying to think what... I think the next thing that we really see, the next big scene, is sort of the briefing scene. 
um, between uh, whoever that person is and the rest of them. There's some introductory stuff I think that's cut out. Um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about and commented several times making jokes is how many of our heroes have been promoted to general uh, to the point where it seems uh, right. silly. I'm just trying to picture the movie's going to be called The Fet Solo Anthology. And it's supposed to come out after nine. Mm. So, anyway. But yes, it is basically if you have a pulse, you can be general in Star Wars. Yeah. We have General Jar Jar Binks, oh the first goodness. one, yeah. right? Okay. General uh, Kenobi, mm-hmm. General Solo, mm-hmm. General Calrissian, mm-hmm. General Riken, General Maydeen, uh, General 3PO. That's not true, is it? We don't call him that, but I, I just assume. <laughs> okay, because, and, and, and okay. We know that Jar Jar doesn't deserve to even be like a private, a, a, yeah, yeah, an enlisted, an enlisted guy. But Lando's explanation for being a generalist: someone must have told them about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. <laughs> if anything, that would get you like a commendation, <laughs> like good job, right? And then Han Solo is a captain who's when not gets, even when he gets really, frozen, not even really part of the rebellion. Uh-huh. He, uh, he's a captain. And he gets frozen. He gets when he gets unfrozen. He is promoted to general, even though he hasn't had any experience in a year. Mm-hmm. Well, and he seems to be a general in charge of about twelve people. <laughs> uh, what I was thinking is, and watching how that scene unfolded, where they reveal that he's the general. I think that's the only scene where they call him general. Yeah, uh, Han Solo. Um, I think you can do some audio cutting and remove um, and make that... Uh, captain Solo of Zero Strike Team Assemble? Exactly. He needs to be a captain. It was better when he was a captain. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, he's still a general in this sequence. I guess I didn't generally, Dan. As generally, there's nothing much we can do about yeah. that generalization <laughs> that everybody's generalized. Um, uh, I don't recall. Do you remember any other particular edits in that particular sequence, the briefing scene? Um, not really. So that's when we get the... Um, when it, then, then it cuts to... I know there's a scene close to that when we see the Emperor talking to uh, Vader, I believe, and sharing that he knows that the attack is coming. Yeah. And one of the things that I commented on is, like, I think that you can remove that. I, I think uh, what, what, from an editing standpoint, it'd be interesting if you could remove the audience from knowing or seeing that the Emperor is behind all this so that when Lando and his crew realize that it, it is a trap, that we sort of see it as a trap at the same time. Yeah. Because uh, right now we get the foreknowledge, and so we're not there emotionally with the um, with the protagonist when that happens. Um, they land on the forest moon, and this is where you really see a lot of the edits. This movie, um, I think the original runtime is about 2, 2.05. Two hours and 14 minutes. 14. Wow. Yeah, and that includes longer credits than we saw here. Yeah. Um, this has been cut down to an hour and 40, so it's almost 30, 35 minutes that have been trimmed out of this. Including probably at least five minutes of credits. Sure. And think about that for a second. I mean, we're just sitting here saying that nothing significant of the plot has been removed. All of the beats are there. That's because that's because most of what's removed is just fighting. That's not plot. Mm-hmm. And the problem with... I don't know, I'm not saying there's a problem with the edit. The problem with my experience with the edit... Um, is that the last 40 minutes of the movie is probably comprised of about 40 scenes. 
and sort of cut out. You know what I mean? It's like it's like there's in, in any in any in any five minute segment, there's like you know ninety seconds of fighting, ninety seconds of, of action in space, ninety seconds of blah blah blah. So to cut something out, it, it it's hard to process what was cut. Yeah, I know there was a cut there, mm-hmm. but there's so many scenes in a row, boom, 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 that I don't know. I can't remember what was cut. Fair enough, but what I'm saying is that if I if I gave you a two hour movie, two hour fifteen movie. And challenge you to cut thirty minutes off without me really knowing what you cut out. That would be incredibly difficult. Well, the thing is, I, I know unless there's a lot of excess material. If if I I I would say if I know you cut something here, I just don't know how far because I know you cut the next scene, but I don't remember what the scene after that was. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what this because when I watched Return of the Jedi, especially that sequence, all of the scene cuts from one to another, I I know what's coming. Like I I know I see in my head. The ATAT hitting this tree mm-hmm. and then hitting this tree, and it cuts, and now we're in space. Mm-hmm. So if we cut to anything but space, I don't know how far you cut. You could have cut 15 minutes out of it, mm-hmm. or you could have cut the one scene. I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I associate it scene by scene like that. Sure. Uh, but my, my point really is just to say that the reason why this movie can be cut so much is evidence that there's there it's a lot of, a lot of uh, filler. Yes, and most of what was cut was Ewok fighting, which mm-hmm. we all hate anyway. But then the, there's a rep- rapidity to the defeat of the stormtroopers that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. So some of the little minor cuts when they first go into the the forest moon is some of the stuff that actually I think improves um, uh, Han's character. Uh, some of the dialogue choices that he has when he steps on the the um, twig, the twig and, and the stormtrooper says and then they get into a fight the twig is gone now it's just the stormtrooper senses that somebody's there or hears it it's, it's not like it's oh, almost, oh it almost it's, seems like he responds to Chewie though in this yeah story. well the thing is, is that before it felt heavy handed it felt like it was a plot device yes. but there was a twig there uh-huh. when easily he could have heard ruffling on the leaves he could have heard his footsteps he could have heard mm-hmm. Chewie you're right or he could have just been like you know have you ever gotten the feeling that you're being watched mm-hmm. you, you turn know? around there it is yeah yeah, so uh, that little moment uh, was removed. When I also another thing that I thought also could could additionally be removed and cut out is um, when Luke and Leia are on the the speeder going towards uh, the other speeders. That Luke has a lot of go here, go there, go there, to touch them, make that guy, you know, giving them uh, backseat driver commands. I think you can remove all of that. Yeah. Um, we we could based off the action that we're looking at, we can understand what 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 their intentions are. Um, yeah. Uh, and moreover, so the real then then one of the really bigger edits that pops up here is Leia crashes, and we don't see the scene where Wicket comes up and awakens her. I'm kind of iffy on that. I think maybe you could have that scene where she wakes up and then cut it early, and not go through the whole rigmarole of it because when she does show up later in this edit, you know, at the with the Ewoks with, with the long hair and everything, you're just kind of like, what? Where, why is she here? Why are they there? What, what happened? Yeah, and also, I, I liked the fact that we met Wicket as a character by himself before we met the, the Ewoks. Because he, he, by himself, as a separate being, mm-hmm. acts differently than the community does. Mm-hmm. Now, if he was, if the rest of the community was there, he probably would have, they probably would have all acted the same, however they acted. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I mean? It's like, He's really he's he's relating to her as a person, not as a tribe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. So that was a. That, I thought that was an interesting cut. They do. Um. 
they get, you know, they go. Luke goes back to them after the speeder chase. They go, "Where's Leia?" They go out to look. Chewie does this little thing. What's crazy is uh, where he goes and finds the meat, and gets in the trap, and Han still has this line about. There you go, always eating with your stomach again, or something like that. And I'm like, wait a second, I have never seen Chewie eating anything in the entire series. Where is this coming from? Yeah. So I don't, I don't particularly care for that line. Um, you know, there's, and this isn't the fault of this edit; it's a fault of the movie. If you were frozen in carbonite for a year, you would not be ready to go right back into combat. You would need some time to psychologically evaluate what has happened to you Uh physically and also what's happened to you the fact that everybody else is here older you've missed out on everything Mm -hmm. if if, if a soldier was frozen for a year and then thawed out that soldier would be required to go through some psychological counseling and all kinds of evaluations before he could put back in the field before he could be promoted to a general general. (laughs) Uh, yeah that would have been a fun uh, interesting scene to have is the the realization of lost time there. Yeah, like, have them be, like, you know, looking up at the stars and have Han talk about what it felt like to be frozen in carbonite. Mm-hmm. Or have a scene where everybody else is asleep and he's, he's like, looking up and he's kind of shivering. Yeah, yeah. Something Some like kind that. Of little, yeah, that, that would have been PTSD. freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then that would have totally, to me, negated any, any softiness. Mm. Because he's a different person now. Mm. He's, a, he's, shaky, he's, he's he's a wide awake and shaking. Everybody else is asleep. Mm-hmm. And then he acts differently. Sure, he acts differently. Yeah, he went. But that. if you immediately put him right back out in the field, I expect him to be, be Han Solo. Don't get all mushy on me, so long, princess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. There's a. There's the a, fact that he was frozen bears out no significance in his story. To his personality. Oh, anything. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't change. It does not. Be, it doesn't give him any sort of new weakness or new or new strength. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give him any new perspective. There's no scene where he's like, "I can't do this. I can't do this," mm-hmm. or, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The, 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 Lost opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, I think that you would have to focus so much on that that it would have been easier just to leave him frozen. Well, no, you're wrong. All you need is one scene. One scene. That's it. Okay. One scene. It doesn't have to be that long. Thirty seconds. Well, they cut out twenty minutes of Ewoks and put twenty minutes of Han. <laughs> but again, that that bogs the story down because the story's not about him. Yeah. Well, it could be about maybe that you could draw like a subtextual parallel from a guy who's been stuck in time and has to come back out and doesn't and wants to go and rest and you know kind of walk away from all this but can't because the Empire is still. Well, can you imagine ready a scene if Luke had managed if Vader didn't die there on the ship and Luke managed to get him to Endor and Han was there? Han would want to kill that dude. Yeah. For freezing him in carbonite. That would have been an interesting scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Leia and Chewie would have wanted to kill him too. <laughs> they uh, they get trapped up in the net. They fall down. The Ewoks surround them. There's a little moment. Uh, it's, it's interesting the way this is uh, this is uh, in, introduced in this edit because in the original what happens is they so get surrounded. Uh, Han kind of has a smile about him, like I can't believe these cute little teddy bears are you know around us. And then one of them puts a spear in his face. Does he feel threatened? No, he grabs the spear and throws it to the side. And basically says, you know, so now we know that there's no threat there at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, you know, C-3PO wakes up, they say that he's a god, and so on. Um, but in this scene, that little moment is removed, uh, where he throws the spear away. So what happens is, uh, they think that I'm a god, okay, well, let's stop this nonsense. They stand up, and they all put the spears at him, and then there's a pause, a hesitation. They're like, well, maybe those things are sharp. It does look like 
uh, even though they're diminutive, they have uh, strength in numbers, and they well, resist I can, something. I can, I can grab one of those spears, but I only have two hands. Yeah, yeah, but in the in the original, that threat isn't is not there at all. But in this yeah. one, because that little moment's removed, it kind of creates that. I like that. Uh, a nice little touch there. Even though we all know that Ewoks can easily defeat people with blasters. Well, <laughs> um, not necessarily in this edit. Yeah, that's true. So they get uh, captured. Um, he does the floating chair trick. They tells him. I don't think there's anything cut out of that. Uh, oh no, there is because I don't. They didn't show the the flames getting up to Han and him trying to blow it out, right? I think. I don't was, think so. Yeah. And and then afterwards, they also the end of that scene is Han talking to three PO saying, "We need some fresh supplies. Try to get our weapons back. Or well, hurry up, we I haven't got all day." And that was cut. Mm-hmm. That's right, the, yeah, going there for the weapons there. So I felt that, that him blowing, trying to blow out the fire was a comic element. Yeah. So having that removed helped keep the gravity of the situation going. Yeah. Um, then C-3PO does the thing where he basically outlines the plots of uh, 4 and 5 to, for them. And, and completely skips over any time period that passed in between 4 and 5. Mm -hmm. We know three years passed, but we don't know what happened because 3PO skipped over it. <laughs> um and uh, they become, you know, members of the group. You have the conversation. Oh, the conversation with uh, the Luke and Leia scene ends a little bit differently in this one. It ends differently? Uh-huh. Are you paying attention? I feel like I'm the only one calling out the edits here, my friend. Uh, that's <laughs> not true. So Luke and Leia have their scene, and Han enters. Oh, the Han part is different. No, I thought you meant the Luke and Leia part is different. Well, that's the scene, the Luke and Leia. Okay, no, no, definitely the Han part is different. Yeah. Um, Han uh, comes up in the original and kind of sees them, you know, not quite sure what their relationship is and kind of does like some scoffing. Um, uh, he, he presses her a little bit. She won't talk about it. And he says, could you tell Luke? Is that how you could tell? Yeah. Um, but in this one, he walks up to her and then she it's kind of a quiet moment. And then she kind of comes and just does the final part of that scene where he just kind of hugs yeah. her. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot more. Um, I know that, that the scoundrel part is kind of in that what was cut out. You know how I was talking earlier about how, how her voice sounds different because of the smoking? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it, and also all of the scenes where I was thinking about her voice in 1 and 2 are her whining about things. Like, I am not a committee, or someone get this big walking carpet out of my way. She doesn't talk like that in this movie. Hmm. She is a subdued character as well. Hmm. Hmm. There's never a scene where you see Leia get angry. No, I guess not. Yeah. yeah. She's always angry in the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> Feisty. She has the Skywalker anger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so he... Uh, yeah, I know. It's yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah, a line yeah. from a comic book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the scenes... Uh, I think following that, we do have some more... Um, uh, getting ready for the attack um, on um, you know the base on the moon and more scenes with the um, uh, rebels and their ships and uh, we have the scene with uh, Vader talking to um, the Emperor and there does we did talk about uh, we stopped at kind of talk about that one line of dialogue that the Emperor has about curious yeah okay here's how it goes um, Vader says this the rebels just landed and the Emperor says yeah I know. No biggie. And then Vader throws it, my son is with them. And he says, are you sure? And Vader says, I felt him. And the Emperor says, strange that I have not. I wonder if your feelings on this matter are clear. And so we were talking about, if the Emperor can't sense Luke, that's vexing to me, because you would think he would be able to. Mm -hmm. 
But if he can and he's lying, then why? And if he can't, and he under and he thinks that there's something awry, what's his plan at that point? Mm-hmm. I, I have a sense that if we try to if we try to come up with a bunch of theories to put it all together, I don't think we're going to come up with one. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of went back and forth a little bit. I think we're just going to have to say. I it's think a, it's one of those an inconsistent line stray of lines, like in Empire, when he says, "No ship that small has a cloaking device." Right. That well, does never play out. Where anywhere. are the big ships that have cloaking yeah, devices? Yeah, I don't yeah. see them anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a, I, and I was paying attention when we watched that scene again about looking for opportunities of doing some cuts, and it's going to be really hard to shave out some dialogue there. I mean, I know they're they're not sharing the same screen, so you you know you have you know reaction shots or you know from one shot to the other or whatever, um, but it's not the, the the flow of the dialogue is going to be really difficult to make some cuts there in my uh, from what I could assess at that time. Um, but it is a weird line. Um, the uh, the um, the attack on the forest uh, on the base in um, in uh, on on the moon uh, with the Ewoks is handled so much better at this point on, and it's a really interesting. I think this is the philosophy of what the editor was doing. Um, in the original, the philosophy uh, uh, is we're going to bring the Ewoks in. They are clever, cunning uh, natives. Uh, and with one exception, every scene we see them kicking the stormtroopers in the rear. Yeah. They're, only, one, only one scene do they lose anything. The stormtroopers are out, <laughs> but they use all these really silly, you know, crafty methods of killing the That would have taken that days would, to set up. Yeah, not minutes, which is what the time they seem to have. Yeah. And um, But in this one, it feels like the difference is, is that what the Ewoks are really doing is just distracting the stormtroopers long enough for Han to get in there. Mm. So they attack them and then they run away. And all of almost all of the shots we see of the Ewoks is of them running and constantly running into the forest as the mm. as the stormtroopers pursue. And that that works. It works. Uh, I think it. I think you could hammer it a little bit better and have a little bit less going back and forth. If you want to keep that up, like um, you know. Uh, Han not why didn't Han just go to the thing and say well let me rewire it myself as opposed to doing all the waiting for R2 to get over here and do it if he can rewire it himself just rewire it himself and get that started so I think there's a chance to maybe even uh, shave some more kind of cutting back and forth um, to to intensify the fact that these little Ewoks are getting killed on while they're trying to give us a few minutes to get inside so there's no time for delay yeah. and that needs to be heightened in fact I was also thinking that um, maybe if you can I mean it's, it's it's not easy at all but maybe changing the musical score and maybe slowing down some of those shots trying to uh, put some dramatic uh, sort of storytelling in it when the you know, like the AT-ATs are shooting down on the Ewoks just to show that they are like you, you don't see them dying but you can convey that through music and a little bit of editing to get, make that happen on the Return of the Jedi soundtrack at the end after the credits there's at least one or two extra tracks and one of them is the Forest Battle Suite and it's got music that's not it's 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 a version of the of the of the uh, force battle music that's not what we see in the movie. So you could have gleaned some music from there. Hmm. Um, it, it's not an easy thing just because of the way sound effects work. They can be all mixed in with that uh, that soundtrack track. So it's not. I, I, don't, I haven't looked at it in Broken Apart to see if that's even a possibility. But I was. It, it seemed like that would be an interesting spin. The Ewoks are sacrificing themselves to create the time for them to get in. Yeah. 
um, which would play into that there were tribe, you know, they're part of the tribes. That's not a trivial matter anymore. That means yeah. we're gonna we're willing to die for you and your cause. Yeah. Um, so the uh, so all of the things that we you know that you roll your eyes watching the original are all gone. Whether it's the setting up of the logs or the roping the ATAT by the foot and dragging and dragging one down. Whether they are up on top going, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. but that's okay because now it's all about distracting. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and having that one woohoo isn't a big deal when you don't see all the other all woo and then like throwing a slingshot hitting himself in the face, face and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, not only that, but it, it also caters to the line that uh, the you know the emperor the emperor said previously about I have my, one of my best troops or battalions or whatever he yeah. said legion yeah. down there. Well, now they're not getting bested by a bunch of little guys. They're killing them, but they just happen to be leaving their post in order to. Yeah, do actually, so. the Ewoks really aren't that irritating in this version. I was I mean, not in the slightest. Yeah, the more we talk about it, I mean, I'm bringing in my expectations, so mm -hmm. I'm just kind of blanking. But now they're actually talking about what's there. Uh, you know, I mean. Mm -hmm. Which is a, a, a in a sense of a, a you know quite an accomplishment because it's hard it, you do not talk about Return of the Jedi with anybody without somebody saying yeah but those damn Ewoks yeah and uh, so this could be the now, tool. there is there is scene at the end when the when the when the uh, Imperials run out of the bunker and Han runs into the doorway backed only by Ewoks. Yeah, but at that point, at that point, you know, their threat level is not minimized, and yeah. they do have the numbers, and it's only brief, and you don't see that Han gotcha move. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know? yeah, that that's. Han in the original. Like, this is the last movie, so I'm gonna have a pose. Yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that little uh, with his hands spread apart. Like they all know who Han Solo is. He's been frozen for a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they uh, they get into the. Um, uh, they finally get into that little area, and when they do, there isn't this long, elongated scene about actually blowing up the thing. They get in there, boom, it's blown up, boom, the shields are down, boom, let's go in for the attack. So, if you, do you remember how that was handled differently from the original? No, sorry, I was just thinking about the fact that in a month and two days I'll be seeing episode seven. Can you repeat <laughs> what you said? We're talking about the when they when they actually blow up the base that's that's got the shield. That's handled a lot quicker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's, it's, it's almost instantaneous. The shield—you see, the, you see the explosion and it cuts to the shield is dead. Which yeah. is how it should be. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there is still that uh, when I talked about the going back and forth between Luke and the Emperor and the space fight, Luke the Emperor space fight, Luke the Emperor space fight. That still has the three, uh, the, the repeat. I think that one could still be shaved off. There's a lot of retreading dialogue there. Uh, you don't think so? You think it's just more of him pushing Luke's buttons? I, I feel like he's thing. just screwing it tighter and yeah. tighter, the same screw mm -hmm. over and over, making it tighter and tighter. Uh, I don't, for whatever reason, me personally, the effectiveness of that gets lost when it gets repeated. So. Um, I, I'd be more interested in seeing a little trim there again. Um, um, do, 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 do. So yeah, um, that triggers, of course, the, the fight between Luke and Vader because uh, he does reach out to try to kill the Emperor in that moment. Um, the the Luke and uh, Vader sequence. I if, don't... if you look at their lightsabers in that scene. Mm -hmm. um, they're crossed right in front of the Emperor. Right, the little off center. And the yeah. green. Goes behind the red. Really? Yeah, suggesting that Luke's lightsaber is on the side of the Emperor, and that he's not moving to strike the Emperor. He knows that he has to duel Vader. Boom! 
Because, yeah, like you see this tiny little sliver of red go all the way through Vader's sword, and you don't see you don't see Luke's sword going all the way through. So Vader's sword is on the outside, away from the Emperor. So he's not defending the Emperor. He's not blocking it. Luke is attacking Vader there, not the Emperor. Wait a second. No, no, no that doesn't make any sense. You want to go look at it? Wait, but if he's on the inside, then he's, his force is pulling this way towards himself. Luke's lightsaber is closer to the Emperor than Vader's, meaning that Luke wasn't moving in for to, to hit the Emperor. He was moving away to hit Vader. I, it's really, yeah, this yeah, is a yeah, podcast, yeah. so we can't, <laughs> can't, can't do, the do a visual. But the right. point is, is that if Vader was def- was blocking Luke from the Emperor, we would not see his the color of his sword go all the way through that shot. Yeah, you would see, uh, because the camera is from Luke's perspective, the the, the, the lightsaber that well, should be going all the way through At that point, the camera this. is facing the Emperor. All we see is the Emperor and the two blades. Yeah, but we're in front of, we're, we're at Luke's perspective. Vader is uh, to his right, uh, to the Emperor's right. At this right. point, the Emperor is, is, is in the middle of the camera. Yeah. Luke and, and Vader are on the right and left. We're not, we're, we're not facing Luke's perspective. Luke's on one side, Vader's on the other. No. Yeah, Luke yeah. Luke is in front of, can we, get, can, we, can we go look at it? Uh, no, I can't stop this thing. And, and, okay, I'm uh, telling you. You want right. to bet some money? <laughs> well, I, no, I can't go. Because I, and I've, I've even heard the theory that at that point Luke was already submitting into the dark side and that he was defending the Emperor. And I'm like, no, 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 he wasn't defending the Emperor. But the point is is that Luke's swing wasn't wasn't blocked by Vader. I, I'm only going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to say the reason why it might look that way is I think the the message is that he is trying to attack uh, attack the emperor the, the the lightsaber does come out and protect and the reason why it's kind of goofy looking is because the the way you shoot that the way they shot that is that you couldn't have those things crossed in some weird angle on the left hand side which is really what it would look like or the right hand side because you wanted to have a clear shot of the emperor's face in that moment as he smiles and doesn't feel threatened and the framing of that shot requires the lightsabers to be at these weird angles and I think that's I don't think there's anything narratively askew from that I'm going to show it to Bezo when we finish but you go look it up and you make your own decision <laughs> okay. you make your own decision <laughs> Um, but that does cue the fight between uh, Luke and Vader. Um, I made a comment, uh, and I don't know if this is Star Wars lore or whatnot, but it does seem like Luke's lightsaber is always about six inches longer than everybody else's. Like I feel like I've never noticed. Never it. noticed. It's so yeah. weird. Why well, don't know why I think that, but I always yeah. assumed it's a it's a longer blade. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Um, they have their fight. I don't think there's anything changed. I did. There was. I did notice that there was a line of dialogue that I would change if I if I had edited this. Uh-huh. Um, that shot of Luke where he's got the he's in the darkness and Vader's looking for him. What is the line that just precedes that shot? Because um, Vader says something and then he starts a new narrative. And that's when he says, "Give yourself to the dark side." It's right when it's. Cutting in. It's the only way you can save your friends. He kind of shakes his head. What's the one right before that? You cannot hide forever, Luke. That's I will the not line. fight you. No, because he says, I will not fight oh, yeah. you before you see him. Uh-huh. Then he throws the lightsaber. Oh, 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 oh no, no, no. He throws okay. the lightsaber before that. Right, he throws the lightsaber before that. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, yeah, the, the, the voice of, yeah, because Luke says, I will not fight you. And, and then Vader walks around in silence for a second and then says, give yourself to the dark side. I would remove the, the, that exchange, the, the first one that I was talking about. 
the you know you cannot hide forever. I will not fight you. You, exactly. would start, you would start with give yourself to the dark side. Yes, I would remove those two things. Yeah, because I don't like the idea that Luke is hiding and he's going to call out where he is with that answer. I just like the idea that he's kind of walking, doesn't know where he is, and he's like, give yourself to the dark. What side. if he starts off with you cannot hide forever, Luke, and then you just cut the line out and he still says that and he's walking around. You don't hear anything. And then give yourself to the dark side. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could probably do that just as well. I just yeah. there's a way. I think you can remove that Luke that Luke line kind of bothers me. Yeah. Um, and also one thing that I commented on that we can't fix, and if, I don't know if there's any other reaction shots that you could use with uh, previously with the Emperor, but when Vader says that he has a sister, I want to I want to see the Emperor's response. Yeah. Because now the Emperor knows that he has a sister who apparently he didn't know beforehand. For some reason, I felt like that whole little dialogue that Vader has or monologue was was quicker in his version. Like the space between the lines was cut it, it felt like he was saying it too fast and it certainly didn't feel like he was processing any of the information hmm. but um i think the line i will not fight you is necessary because vader threw his lightsaber not luke's way up on top of the scaffold knocks the whole thing down goes crashing vader starts looking around you cannot have forever luke so luke saying i will not fight you is his way of saying i'm still alive dad because otherwise he could be if he doesn't say anything he could be dead he could have been crushed mm. he's, he's saying I'm still here and you still have to but face he could, he you could, still have to face what I represent I, I think you're you're projecting a little bit too much just because obviously if he was dead he would feel it oh, that's true yeah um so the uh uh but the emperor couldn't feel it so uh, uh, the line, uh, actually, that we, you know, we were talking at the end of the last uh, part of this episode was you, we were talking about your theory of seven, eight, nine, or your wannabe fan fiction of seven, eight, nine. Uh, we we didn't talk about the one, another line of dialogue that. Oh yeah, the, the line that. that the line that really hits it is when Vader says, "If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will." That would be on the poster for episode seven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and even though that's a major spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, that movie would be the top selling movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just in that one line. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that uh, so that triggers the attack. He goes after him. He beats him down, and he doesn't kill him. The emperor comes in. Um, there's a little bit. Uh, I think there's a little bit too long of a delay in, in the emperor kind of doing. I'm I'm the bad guy. I'm gonna wax on a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's this intercutting between the space sequences and the forest moon. Like there's still a lot of intercutting that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I what I wanted to do, uh, and I don't know if you can. I was paying attention to see if there's a, a chance to make this happen. But what I would really like to have is the emperor say very well. Something like you're gonna die, Jedi, or whatever he does, and then immediately uh, lightning strikes. Instead of that's the end of the scene. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> you just go right after him. Um, uh, the way it's shot and well, the way it reframes the camera, fair, I don't know if you can do that, but that would be an interesting way of playing. To that. be fair, it's a very convenient commercial break. <laughs> uh, surely that was not forethought. <laughs> yes, but I'm pretty sure I had seen it on TV. Oh, uh, that was the commercial right there. Um, so that that I I think that that, that little tweak might be interesting to, to play around with. Um, the all of the stuff with Calrissian and and the others uh, that doesn't seem like a lot of that stuff just feels unnecessary. Um, it, it's just it's just that stuff that's happening, you know, that you know to create delays as things progress in the uh, in the Emperor's room and everything. Um, the, the the problem is is that. 
from a plot standpoint, every Luke and Luke and Vader is is more significant than what everything else is going on. Mm-hmm. But everything else is going on is equal significance. The, them knocking out the shield generator means nothing if the spiders aren't out there. Mm-hmm. So you kind of do have to divide up your time. Well, what I'm saying is every time you cut to the action sequences out there, you it, nothing. There's nothing progressing except things are getting blowed up. You know. Yeah. So. Um, well, that's not true. They, I mean, they start. They start attacking Star Destroyers and blowing up Star Destroyers. Yeah, that is, things getting blown up, but it's showing that the Rebels are holding their own against the Empire. Yeah. yeah, which makes... I Still, they had a ton of Star Destroyers there. That doesn't make any sense why they can't just, okay, it's time to start picking them off and just, you know, be done with them. So it would be really interesting if we could have gotten to see the aftermath of the destruction of the Death Star. I mean, did that wipe out all the Star Destroyers, or did they survive? And if so, what did they escape? Next? Yeah, what happens next? Do people believe the Emperor's dead? Well, see... We'll, we'll we'll never get to experience that story because episode seven takes place you know decades later. But yeah, well you don't know. Oh, decades later, you still think that they're like, well, the Emperor's still alive. Well, uh, well, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see I doubt it. Happens. Yeah, that doesn't make There's sense. There's one line that I always loved, and that is, "Move the fleet away from the Death Star." Just the subtext of of that line <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> uh, they blow up the Death Star real good, um, and uh, the. Uh, you know, here's escape and everything, and um, that leads to the well. The, there's the there's no changes with the Vader's death um, with Luke. Although uh, I still I I'm still convinced that there's a way to trim up Vader looking at the Emperor, looking at Luke, looking at the Emperor, oh, yeah, looking yeah, at Luke. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's a an exchange or two you could clean that up. He shoots him for probably a good minute with lightning. You just make it knock it down about twenty seconds. Well, whatever it is, you can knock it down yeah. pretty heavily. Um, then, uh, you know, Vader's dead, uh, dying, he has a death scene, I don't think there's any changes there. And uh, then we get to the final sort of wrapping up of the movie. Now, one of the things that this editor does is um, he... he uh, oh, well, actually, right before that, there's the dialogue between um, Han and Leia. That's trimmed a tiny bit. Which, which was good. Yeah, again, another little massage to keep um, uh, to keep Han more. He Han cut out him. when he comes back. I won't get in the way. He said. He just says, um, "Yes," and Han says, "I understand." And she says, "It's not like that." Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 that's much better. Yeah, and they cut out the little cutesy peck on the lips kiss that they gave. They lean in for a kiss, and you never see them pull apart. That's better. Yeah, that's much smarter. <laughs> yeah. Um. The uh, so that that triggers the end uh, music. Now in the original, there is a festive fest, festival like music, and then in the special editions, it's another kind of jolly dance like music. But this one plays. What's the theme that it plays? Luke and Leia's theme. Luke and Leia's theme. As they show everything going on in the galaxy, mm-hmm. they sum up the movie with Anakin's kids music theme because mm-hmm. they're, they're they're now the ones that are left. Mm-hmm. They are all that's left. Of everything, <laughs> you know what I mean. So the not only is the significance of the music poignant, but the mu- music itself uh, fits very well with all of the celebration yeah. that's going on. Yeah, it was a good call. And then for some reason, at the end when the Force Ghosts show up, they switched over to uh, some music that I'd never heard before that didn't come from Star Wars. That's interesting. I just it's hard to think that the editor put something in that was kind of in the right same key that kind of I fits, mean, but it doesn't. It's, it's not. It's not it fit Wars. if you're watching it for the first time, 
But if if you have had those soundtracks for 15 years, you know that music net is not on any of those soundtracks. That's that's interesting. You know, I, I wish we had a, the ability to kind of look it up and see if we could isolate that. Um, but it is a different score. Uh, we do get the Sebastian Shaw um, uh, Force Ghost, no Hayden Christensen, uh, which I think we based off what we talked about last uh, in the first session. I think we both agree that that's the better choice. Um, if there's going to be a Force Ghost at uh, all, I don't, I don't know that I agreed with you, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, and uh, that wraps up the uh, wraps up the movie. Um, is a I wonder if it's just because of the MP4 version that I downloaded instead of like uh, an official DVD version, but the credit sequence was actually trimmed out, which was very strange. Yeah, it cut off about 45 40 seconds, seconds into it. it. It was very strange. It kind of faded out real quick, and that was the end of it. So um, Benedict.org is still down, so we can't. Uh, after all this time, we still can't go back and confirm who the actual uh, fan editor is. I believe his name is Dan. If you go to fanedit.org and click on the, the fan edit database and look for Star Wars Episode Six edits, there's not a whole lot. There might be two, I think, it's, which is very strange now that we've kind of gone through this process. I got a sense that there would be a lot more uh, fan edits of Episode Six. I, I did poke around, I think, looking for others that were either unavailable or um, they weren't downloading or stuff, and I didn't bother trying to reach the editor himself. Um, and that was the case for 4, 5, and 6. There's just not a whole lot. The um, 1, 2, and 3 is plenty, uh, more than enough, but uh, 4, 5, and 6 were still limited there. So uh, in particular, episode 6, which is what you would expect uh, there to be more changes. I know that uh, there's another editor named Q2 who has done uh, episodes 1, 2, and 3, which are uh, pretty well regarded. I, I don't know if we did... Uh, no, we didn't do any Q2 edits, but um, he also did an episode six. Uh, um, I'd like to take a look at that and see what changes he did from here to there. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of it. Do you have any closing comments here? Uh, yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know. Probe me some more. That's a very general <laughs> question. Well, it's been you know between. All of the Star Wars movies between you and me and each one running, you know, an almost an hour a segment. We've now done 10 to 12 hours of uh, talking, going through the movies um, and the fan edits and all the different things there. And we're about to, you know, we'll, we'll revisit this, you know, bring you back in when we when the fan edits of Episode 7 start generate uh, start coming out, which they will. And um, but until then, it's going to be quite a while, and this is kind of like it's the end of a big well, sort of chapter. I do want to say a theme that I've kind of tried to you know, weave into all of them that I don't think I've even mentioned here. So I'm just going to go ahead and mention Natalie Portman. <laughs> if you haven't noticed yet, <laughs> right? Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to cut it out here. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, go see Star Wars Seven because uh, come on, let's face it, that's the best thing that's going to come out this year. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. See you on the flip side. Natalie Portman. <laughs> Arthur, where are you? Oh, there you are. Well, if you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase vector. It's your Christmas present. <laughs> I do we wish you a Merry Christmas. I do we do we love you. It's true. I do we do we wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
about the winter star We know that's where you are Our chimney's big and round So you can come right down And if our wish comes true We'll spend Christmas Eve with you Our hearts will sing with glee As we decorate the Christmas tree The quaver converter isn't complete yet. It isn't finished. Lock in your circuits again quickly. Merry Christmas.